Let me know when you want to. <laughs> Let me know when you. I want you to. Hey everybody, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. Uh, not yet. I said you could start at any time, but I didn't mean yet. Okay, very good. Sorry. So, so. starting with a lie. <laughs> All right. Let's not call it a lie. It was just a breach of let's, trust. Let's call, let's call it. It's a prank, a breach of trust. Yeah. Is oh, it absolutely. Really? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Wow. Uh, a prank can't exist without a breach of trust. You know what? It's lucky that I haven't. Uh, that throughout my entire life, I've never signed a contract. Because I would, I would just be in court constantly in court for, for all my prankishness and, and silly, mm. silly stunts. Mm. By the way, we started the show. I was just joking. Oh, very good. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ian Boothby, and I'm David Edwards. And a sneaky dragon. There you go. Uh, pranks, uh, the worst form of comedy. You might think racial jokes. I don't think it's a form wrong. of comedy. <laughs> wrong. Below that, below is, ethnic humor. Is it then? Pranks, like way lower. Is it a form Ethnic of ethnic pranks? Worst of all. Worst of all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, just for laugh gags, I think the I think those count as as comedy. No, I don't think it's comedy though. I don't think pranks are. Com- I mean, I guess I guess they're kind of funny if they're a funny prank. But it's very rare that a prank is funny. You know, when you hear something like uh, George Clooney is a famous prankster on the sets and whatnot, and you yep. go like, uh, well, of course he is. Who's going to tell him to fuck off? You know, but I think if people could, they'd yeah. go, yeah, I don't want this. It's no good. <laughs> it's but he's a mix of rich and handsome and usually mm. the producer of the film. And that means you get to have a little fun with yeah. the people that trust you. Mm. Yeah. Boo. That's what I say to that. <laughs> Which is weird because as a kid I was like uh, candid camera uh, just seemed like an amazing thing to me like that you would like yeah. have real people mm-hmm. and they're reacting it was so fresh and so interesting yeah yeah and then as I got older uh, yuck you became a sourpuss mm-hmm. now you are an official Scrooge yeah developed a sense of empathy and that you ruined were, everything you were the joke gross Scrooge. I advise I, you by the way to, uh, to, to 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 stomp down any empathy if you really want to enjoy more comedy yeah. Stomp it down. Put sure. it in a box. Uh, and, that's, uh, that's and, true. and then you become Jerry Seinfeld yeah. and then you're fine. Then really? You're be rich. You don't think he has empathy? Um, not, no, not much. From what I've, uh, yeah, I, I've done a lot of, uh, paying attention to interviews and such. Yeah. And, uh, no, he cares about comedy and that's what he cares about. Yeah, it's interesting. He's, he said he doesn't care what his kids think about anything. He doesn't like listening to his kids tell him things. Really? Uh, he's, he's fine with like hanging out with his kids because he's a dad. But, you know, when people ask what they think about stuff, he's like, eh, I don't, I don't care. Which might be like a jokey thing. Yeah. But I also think there's a bit of a, yeah. There's a bit of truth. Um, cause like he was, here's the thing about, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, which, you know, recently this has kind of got brought up was he was raised by uh parents who were uh, both orphans and were very very distant and okay. he says that he was part of the family but not involved really with the family mm. so it was mm. just like ah you're there we'll feed you you do your own thing you find your own way is yeah. that what you're doing hey that's fine off you go. But there wasn't a want to impress mom and dad. There wasn't a connection uh, there. It was just you're on your own, do your own thing. And then and then he grew up during an era of comedy that was very much of that and rewarded that, and he helped define that. Mm. And uh, and there you go. And uh, was uh, was quite a success because of it. 
and then worked really hard at what he was doing. Yes, I, I'm quite singular, I find, in life in my dislike of the TV show Seinfeld. I work, I get reactions like, you don't like Seinfeld? Mm -hmm. And I do, and there was a, a, a video clip that I saw, and it was uh, a singer named Keisha went up to Jerry Seinfeld, and I guess she was a big fan. Yep. And she asked for a hug. Yes. And he refused the hug. Yeah, I like that a lot. You like, you like that he refused it? Yeah, very much. Why? Because, no. Because hmm. she, she went with this entitled thing of, I would love a hug. Yeah. Which is fine to say. Sure. You can say that. Yeah. But when someone goes, no, yeah. you've got to then be no. Okay. And she didn't accept that it was a no. Yeah. She did a, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. Oh, come on. And it's like, <laughs> no. He said he didn't want a hug. Yeah. A person has the right to say no to a hug, and he is at such a high place and yeah, yeah. has that sense of self of like, no, no thanks. Yeah. You know, that that's correct. That was the correct response, and I, I liked seeing someone uh, be able to, to say that. Hmm. And I like when someone, okay, I'm always awkward around hugs, but yeah. I try to find out from people that I know, are you a hug person or are you not a hug person? Yeah. And whatever it is is absolutely fine. But I would mm -hmm. never, if someone says to me, uh, I'm not a hug person, yeah. come on. But I've had that. <laughs> I've had that where like I've gone, no, nah, I'm good. Handshake, like bring it in here. No, fuck you. I've just said no <laughs> hug. So it's no hug. We're not doing a hug. Yeah. Yeah. But you thought she was being a jerk to her. I th yeah, I thought he was very cold to her, and I th and maybe and he didn't know who she was. So, but if he did, it may not have made any difference. I don't response. think it made any difference. But I think you can say no to a to a hug in a way that's kinder than than he did. Uh, what, what's wrong with no thanks? I don't think he said no thanks. No. Yeah, he just said can no. I have a hug. No. No. And then she went, come, come on. on, and he went, no thanks. No. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Just walked away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean. I guess I, I don't know. I, I'm a person who I'm not a I'm not a big hugger. Um, but I, if someone wants to hug me, and I'm okay with it. But I would never hug someone else. Like I would you would never, never initiate a hug. Not. I'm generally not an initiator of a hug. That's I, it. I've, when I've done it and it's been wrong, I've felt terrible about mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I and I mean I'll hug I'll hug my fam like my close family, my wife and kids. Oh yeah, obviously. yeah. They can't. They they are not allowed to escape. But uh, anyone else. If they want to hug me, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't like hugging at church. But the reason I like hugging at church is because I feel like... Pickpockets? <laughs> they're so common. <laughs> uh, is because I feel like it cuts out people who aren't as well integrated into the the family of church. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, so you have like a bunch of people who know each other well and they're all hugging each other. And then there's all the people outside of that who are kind of standing awkwardly because we're supposed to shake hands. Mm -hmm. And so you're ready to shake hands. And then there's a bunch of people giving each other big hugs and stuff like that. And you're like, well, you're really not welcoming people because they don't feel, you don't feel like hugging them. And then they feel left out of what's going on. Sure. So I think handshakes are much more democratic in that situation where everyone, you know, everyone gets a handshake rather than everyone gets a. Yeah. Now, someone like Seinfeld says he, uh, you know, and, uh, when people have, have said to him, so do you never go out because you're just too famous and people will stop? He was like, no, I go out. Mm -hmm. I'll do, do stuff. Yeah. yeah. Why, why not? And it's like, I think the attitude where he can go, no, that allows him good, to be yeah. able to go out and do things. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if he wants to sign an autograph, he'll sign an autograph. And if he wants to not sign an autograph, he won't. Yeah. And but I think the the celebrities that feel that they owe everybody everything yeah. and someone has the right to grab you, That's uh, they're the ones who get in a lot of uh, trouble. I think you... They're the ones who get in trouble? Why? Why do they get in trouble? Because they 
offer something to, okay, because they offer something to people that's too much. So they can't now go out and be themselves. Okay. Uh, because, because, uh, they feel like they have to give all this to 100% all these, of themselves all the time. Yeah. And you can't also gauge how much that person needs and whether you can give them the experience mm-hmm. that, that they need. And if that's something that weighs very, very heavy on you, uh, you will not be able to function. No, I can see that. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, a big part of that. Uh, so. so what you're saying is, I'm correct. Uh, yeah, I think you made a good argument for for that as being a, an acceptable social interaction. Whereas to me, it felt, and it might be just me, be my anti Seinfeld bias came sure. up there. And I do enjoy his comedy, and I w- like watching comedians in cars getting coffee. Like I enjoy that show a lot, but uh, I never enjoyed Seinfeld. You know, there was an article that just came out from the Vulture that some people are talking about. We were saying like uh, that show is from another era. Uh, well, all shows are from all, all shows from ten years ago are from another era. Oh I, no, the comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh, oh, I see. It's from another era. Seinfeld is definitely from another era, uh, but comedians in cars getting coffee is from another era because uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, is always like talking about things like how he doesn't care about like autobiographical comedy or that kind of thing. Though I th- he definitely has comedians on who have an autobiographical scene, and, yeah. and, and, and have a wide variety of, you know, uh, interests and styles. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this was saying how, you know, comedy today is very, uh, introspective and telling, you know, and he doesn't care and like, I don't care about, uh, reading an anecdote from your diary, you know, just tell me something <laughs> funny. That's what yeah, I'm interested yeah. in. It's like truth is important in comedy and his opinion about that is no, it's not truth. That's nothing to do with comedy. You know, comedy is its own thing and, uh, and they're on. Well, he's probably right to a degree. To a degree. Yeah. That truth is not important. It's nice. But someone can be very truthful and, and not be funny, you're going to feel yeah, cheated. Yeah, like, his thing is make up a story. Mm-hmm. Tips, tell me something funny, that's fine. Well, you can you can embroider a story to make it better. And I think we've all done that. I, I learned very early on, um, I shouldn't say very early on, but I learned in, in junior high school that the, the stories that went over best with people were ones where I looked bad. People love those stories. Mm-hmm. And I learned those are the kind of stories to tell people. Yep. Because those are the ones that made people laugh or pleased them the most. Uh, and so... I turned my life into a series of misadventures <laughs> to make good stories. Sure. No, no, I didn't intentionally do that. It just seems to happen to me. But, but, uh, the, what I, but I learned that if you, you know, you twist the story slightly to make it, make you look even worse in the story and not embarrassing or whatever, but just that ha- whatever happened to you is could be embarrassing more, and it's still okay. Sure. That makes them laugh. I think it's, Why not? I, I think there's a positive side to that in that you then, when you, if you tell a story enough times about something that's a painful memory, and you can tell it in a way that is uh, funny, yeah, uh, then you have uh, taken the teeth out of that painful memory for yourself, and it's no longer as painful. It's now that's just part of the story, and I look like I look dumb. And I said a stupid thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was a thing. And that's fine, yeah, yeah, and I made people happy with that story too. That's fine, you know, and you, you know, it's just part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna look dumb sometimes if you take any chances at all at anything. Yeah, I have no problem with looking dumb, as you know. <laughs> just, just have to look at me. When you uh, we're talking about like styles of comedy and and things gone by, uh, I watched uh, recently on on Netflix Jerry Seinfeld being interviewed. Well, he was actually interviewing David Letterman, but L- David Letterman turned it on him, and it was it was interesting because it was the two guys. Was this the comedians in cars one? Uh, no, um, okay, a Letterman show. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. 
I think that's the name. So of Letterman one. was in- interviewing Jerry. Do Seinfeld. you know that Letterman's got a show on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. That's yes. He interview Jerry Seinfeld interviews Letterman on his own show. It was like oh, a flip okay. on it. I see. I see. Um, but but David Letterman can't can't help but be an interviewer yeah, he, because that's he his keeps instincts. going back. Yeah. So it's these two guys, and it's so it's so of their era because they come so close to doing a podcast where they ask each other a question that's like a personal thing. Yeah. And they answer it for like a few seconds, and then cut it off it and up. just like turn it off and then just go to something non sequitur mm. or whatever mm-hmm. and neither of them can dive like both of them are being truthful yeah uh but it's mostly about but they're not being revealing no but not being revealing mm-hmm. that's right so like at points jerry's asking like what do you eat for breakfast and he won't say he won't mm. say what he eats for breakfast because yeah. that's a personal thing and yeah, that's yeah. not what he does yeah um but it, it made me think about uh, how I didn't like The Late Show with David Letterman, like, at all. And I mm-hmm. loved Late Night with David Letterman. Yeah. And I think it comes from uh, when you're the guy with the most power, a la Seinfeld, uh, that's not as funny. But when when uh, Letterman uh, was was doing his show and there was still Johnny Carson, him being number two made all of his stuff funnier. Well, he was always number two, even when he had The Late Show. Not, not, not always. Uh, pretty, it went back much, and forth. Right? Pretty much most of the time he was but, number two. But so to be fair know. about that, I don't think that really was the case because it, he was clearly number two when it was The Tonight Show and Late Night. Yeah. There, Carson was Carson and no one else was Carson. Yeah. When it was, uh, when then he took over The Late Show and, and, uh, and Jay Leno took over The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. They were kind of on par as far as status went. Oh, for sure. I don't think you'd ever go, man, Jay Leno, <laughs> uh, David Letterman. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, it was right. like ratings-wise, right. right? But in terms of prestige or what have yeah, you, it was still yeah. amazing to go on Letterman. But because he was then so high status, what are you, what are you yeah. fighting against? Yeah. You know, you can't be making fun of the status quo. You are the status quo. And I think that's a problem a little bit with like Jerry Seinfeld. But he also said when he started, sorry to interrupt you, but when he started the late show, he said it was going to be a different show. Yeah. And it was, and it wasn't for us because we like the under, we did like the, the weird show. Which yeah. It had Harvey Picar and brother Theodore or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And was, throwing watermelons off a roof. Yeah. You know, those are kind of fun. And, and, and of course that was actually copyrighted by NBC. That's why you can no longer do it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you're going to say about Seinfeld. Oh, and I just went, well, and then Seinfeld, you know, when he became the most mainstream sitcom and mm-hmm. all these other sitcoms were trying to imitate what he was, I think, uh, him withdrawing and becoming this, uh, almost a, a misanthrope, uh, actually kind of worked for, for what he was doing and, and, and that he, that he made things so different with the comedians in cars getting coffee thing uh, works for him because it's him talking to people that he considers his peers. He never seems to be talking down to the other comedian. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be that status thing ever no. where they're like, oh, Jerry Seinfeld. There's never, there's never any of that. Yeah. You know, he will make fun of what they say, but it's yeah. more in a two comedians yeah. joking yeah. about shit That's right. way. And he'll let someone take a joke at his expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, some of the old timey comedians like a Carson would uh, always want to come out on top. And Letterman too. Yeah. With the exception of like if Don Rickles is like, you yeah, know, there okay. and it's like, well, this is what Rickles does and he's just going to yeah, have yeah. some fun. But he'll get back at Rickles another time later. Mm-hmm. Whereas Seinfeld's just like, eh, we're having a good time. We're getting laughs and that's all that matters. Yeah. And it seems like it doesn't matter who the guest is, as if they're friends outside of that show. Like, there's a feeling of, they like to give that feeling of, hey, let's, we know each other well. Let's go and have some coffee. You know, hey, so and so. Well, he relates to comedians. You oh, know, for sure. And uh, what, what he said is like when he's at a party, 
Boy, I know a lot about Seinfeld. Uh, what he said is like when he's at a party, like him a lot. he gravitates to a comedian because those are his people. Mm-hmm. When he sees the uh, Oscars, he doesn't relate to anybody he sees there, except sometimes when they have the writer category and a little Weasley guy will come up on stage and I'm, take a little thing out of his pocket and read. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that guy. <laughs> I'd be friends with him. And same thing yeah. at the Emmys when he's when you see like all the writing staff come up and it's like Conan's writing staff and they're all pasty yeah. and thin yeah. and awkward. And it's like, yeah, that's my people. Those are <laughs> those are who I relate to. For yeah. sure. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, he's the very, 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 very successful person that can have a private jet and yet is also an outsider because he doesn't fit in with with uh, you know normal folk. Yeah, but that's most comedians, I would say, have that outsiderness to them. Otherwise, how can you be observant, especially yeah. someone like him who isn't from the time of of you know of observed comedy where you look at the world and you slightly remove yourself from it? So suddenly, breakfast cereals, which are a normal thing, suddenly seem insane or Air travel suddenly seems crazy if you look at it this way. Yes. You know, and most of us don't do that. We just get on the plane and fly. If you're a kid that has to make your own fun, you will start looking at that cereal box and thinking things because <laughs> you're not talking to mom and dad yeah. and you don't, you're not making plans to do stuff That's with right. them. Yeah. I said, all these little inserts between the Muffets would make perfect drawing material. I know what I'll do with these. I'll make stories on them. Yeah, you, you, find, you find your own place. And I do have that, I like to call it nerd dar. Where I can be in a room of people and I can see someone who is my person, my people. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'll just, uh, you know, try and beeline it to them, or at least make my way over to them. Same thing at an airport. And I'm so disappointed when I'm wrong. Oh, are you ever wrong? I have no, not too often, really, actually. Yeah, no, you get it, right? Like when I'm at an airport and I'm like, say, going to a con. Yeah. uh, But the con is San Diego or what have you, and and. Oh, I thought this was part of when you were. uh, when you were a con man. When I was a con man, running grift? Yeah, when you were running a grift. Yeah, I recognize the, uh, the like Jim there. Rockford. I, I, I figure it out. Yeah, I, I see who's on the on the take. Uh, and I go like, what are, you, what are you doing here? It's church today. Shouldn't you be picking pockets? And he's like, uh, oh, yeah, right. Sorry, I forgot. And off he goes to hug as many I can't go to that church. They only shake hands there. Yeah, gross. I can I can just get some watches and that's about it. Um, but like I'll I'll see the people who are waiting for the plane and you'll, and it's not like someone's wearing a shirt, a Rick and Morty shirt. It's just like you go. Often they are. <laughs> Maybe they are. Uh, I'm not judging. I'm wearing a spark shirt today. Uh, and you go like, the, yes, yes, yes. Or mm-hmm. I, I'd be going to like a comedy awards and I'll be like, comedian, 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 yeah. comedian. Yeah. And you'd, yeah, you immediately recognize your people. Those are the people you look for. Like you look for people who look like they want to laugh. They look like they're ready to have some, you know, they just, there's just that look of like, you know, you can kind of tell. You can see, oh, that person reads mm-hmm. or that person you know, obviously likes to watch movies or whatever. You just yeah. Or what? What are they doing connection. with their hands? Are they are they drawing in a little book? Are they <laughs> sketching something? Are they do compulsively doodling? What are they What are they doing? Yeah. Yeah, and you'll you'll pick you'll pick up on it. I wonder if I'd be able to do it with podcasters. If like I if I saw a group of people and was like, who's a podcaster? In this? So many podcasts though. Yeah. So I many. wonder that when I'm at the library. And because I sometimes I, I sometimes go writing at the library just because I like the energy, and I'll be on the floor that does where they have the podcast stuff, and I'll be like, "Who's waiting for a for the podcast booth? <laughs> that group. That group's got a podcast coming up. I wonder what it's about. Probably poetry. What are these guys doing? What are, what's their podcast about? Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, my very strong, very strong nerd door. It's very good. It's very it's and it was a handy survival thing when I was a. When I was a kid, I think where I was that wrong. used to be when you were on CITR. Uh, that's the name you went by, right? Nerdar. Nerdar. Yeah, yeah. 
the human napkin. The times that it failed me were when I would think at school that I it would be someone who was an outcast, and I would kind of ignore my instincts and just assume that they were like me. Mm-hmm. But usually, usually those people they deserve to be outcasts. There was something about them that just made them not fit for human society, and for whatever reason, they just you know. There was a guy who was in my creative writing class, and I, I thought, oh, this poor fellow. No one seems to like him very much. I'll be his friend. So I went over to his house one day with him, obviously. I just go by myself. And, uh, you know, to sort of, we'll be friends or whatever. And I went to his house, and then his bedroom walls were entirely covered with, like, gory images from, like, Fangoria or whatever. Just, yeah. like, the entire bedroom just filled with stuff like that. Yeah. And then he was, like, talking about, like, killing people. And, like, and, he, and all his stories were about killing people. And I was just like, okay, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need this kind of thing in my life. This is not what I signed up for. I was hoping for like some fun, like you know, kind of a nerdy guy likes comics. And uh, no, I'm, I'm out. It's good. See ya. <laughs> then you kind of have to ghost, ghost the poor fellow. Yeah. Kind of. Hopefully, they went on to become you know an Eli Roth or some such, and not a murderer. I have no idea. It's better to be an Eli Roth. Is it? Yeah. I feel like he's the same. Is he the same as a murderer? No, he doesn't kill people. So uh, no. Oh. Sorry. No. <laughs> Are you sure? He makes movies that some people like. Ho- Hostel seems so realistic. Maybe I was mixed up. That, How about Hostel 2? Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> this time it's personal? It's pretty personal the last time. Mm. I'm not into that kind of stuff. Okay. Doesn't do it for me. You're not a gory horror uh, <laughs> fella. No. What's the kind of horror that you like? Because you like a horror. Atmosphere. That's what scares me. I mean, it's gross and I'll, I'll react to it. But I'm not reacting because I'm scared. I'm just reacting because it's, you know, horrific. Like, it's just, it's horrifying. Like, gore is horrifying. People being... What would you say the scariest movie you've seen? Scariest movie? The movie I... One that sat with you the longest afterwards, maybe. Or you can go... But you sound like you had an answer and I interrupted you. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I don't have that thing where I'm haunted by a movie. Okay. Like, once it's over, it's done, I walk away, I'll never think about it again. There wasn't one that gave you the willies afterwards? No, no, I don't have... I don't have that... I've never in my life been scared of the dark or ever run up the stairs because there's maybe something behind me or whatever. Okay. Even as a kid, I didn't. Uh, my mom actually was scared of the dark, and she would send me into the house first to turn on the lights. Yeah. By the way, you do not run up the stairs when oh, something's sorry. behind you. What do you do? Well, because they'll chase you. Oh. So you just saunter nonchalantly. Yeah, you got to be cool. Got to be cool. You got to be cool about it. You got to yeah. like. Uh, keep do you think the they pace. can sense that you're you're scared and you're just doing a a scared? All right. Coolness? Now here's one of two things. Either it's an animal. And if there's any mm-hmm. animal that's after you and you run, that animal is going to run and you are not going to win that no. race ever. So don't you can run. You win it if it's a vegetable or a mineral. Right. And if it's a monster, yeah. well, same deal. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it's a, a mummy and it's not a mummy, <laughs> you know? So uh, just be cool about it. Yeah. Just be cool sure. and just like slowly walk up the mm. stairs at regular pace. Okay. And you'll be fine. Don't run. Yeah. Ugh. Eve is scared of the dark. Like Eve has to turn all the lights on as she oh, goes I'm scared upstairs. Of the dark. Absolutely. And then I, I am then tasked with turning them off. Like so, which is fine. Yeah. I'm. I understand things can be scary. Um. No, the movie that made me this will be seem weird to people because it's it's an old movie. I think I talked about it before, but it's a uh, part of Mario Bava's anthology movies. I think it's called Black Sabbath. I could okay. be wrong. And. It was a, a tale based on a Chekhov story called a, a Single Drop of Water, I think it's called. And in the story, a nurse who's at home in this kind of crummy apartment that has a neon sign blinking outside of it. She's at home doing some minor house housework. And then she gets a phone call. And she's and so 
we know that she's got some sort of job she has to do. So then she shows up at this house, uh, owned like a big house owned by this eccentric lady who has passed away. Who there's all these cats in the house and all these dolls all over it, and I guess she's a bit of a spiritualist. So and and so she goes in and it's quite interesting. Is Bava's uh, father was an artist, and so he got his dad to make this mask for this woman to wear, and it's like the most grisly weirdest bug-eyed grin of a woman it doesn't look real at all it's just really artificial looking but it makes it kind of scarier in a way because everything else seems real except for this one weird element of this woman with this weird dead like death grimace and the nurse you know so the housekeeper's there and kind of you know gets gets everything kind of settled and then she goes away because she's just too creepy for her and so the nurse is by herself and she's she's uh cleaning up and stuff like that and she notices this ring on the, the hand of this old woman and so then she decides she's going to steal it and she as she pulls it off she knocks a glass over on the table and spills the water and that starts the water uh, element to the film so it's this dripping water and then she had closed the woman's eyes as she was getting her and so then she looks at her and her eyes are open again in this weird death grimace and you're just like oh this is like freaky uh, so she gets it all done there quite quickly because now she's kind of freaked out you know and then she goes home and it's this slow, it's a slow buildup of things. There's the dri- dripping water in the bathroom and she goes in there. So she goes down this dark hallway and she's in this apartment with this flashing light that's kind of like a metronome that's and then there's drops of water. And so there's all these, it's all the sound and light and there's very little, you know, nothing actually scary happening because she's just being, hearing noises and going to, they're trying to turn off the tap or going to the right. kitchen and trying to, you know, it's just things like that. So it's her going from dark into a dark place and trying to, you know, and it slowly builds up, it slowly builds up until the, oh, I don't want to give it away. I won't give away the story to people who haven't seen it, but it's, it's very good. And when, when the finale I assume came, a surprise party for her. Yes, that's her right. friends throwing a surprise. Surprise! Party. And they'll just throw confetti everywhere. And I was so shocked. Uh, but when the actual, like, thing happens at the end of the film, even though it's a little corny, it's just such a, it's just a, it builds it up so well that when it happens, like, all the hair in my arms and legs stood up, mm. which doesn't really happen to me very often because most horror films I'm kind of, you know, I might be nervous or whatever, but I very rarely get like, whoa. But that movie really made me go, whoa. Like, it just built it up so well. That ap- and it's more atmosphere to me. Like, I think that's, like, if you show the monster, mm-hmm. if you show the ghost, if you show any of those things in a film, you, I don't want to say you've wrecked the movie, but you've put painted yourself into a corner. Because actual ghosts aren't really that scary. Because they're just ghosts. They're, they can't do very much to you. They can boo at you they can unless they're a poltergeist i guess they can throw things around but they're not really organized they can't like start a campaign against you you know and and go into your bank account and start taking money out and stuff like that like you know they're kind of limited in their in in what they can do so once you show the ghost (laughs) you know then what right you know okay you're showing us what the ghost looks like i just like the idea of the ghost going into your bank account and committing fraud (laughs) that's really scary yeah terrifying fraud ghost sure but they can't do that writing bad checks it's for a, you it's a ghost they're they're some sort of disembodied spirit that that haunts a place in some sort of pattern right so you know unfinished business yeah whatever risky business yeah the ghost comes down the steps and slides you know puts sunglasses. i was just thinking like it never saw the end of risky business and that's <laughs> its unfinished <laughs> business you've actually got to like play it for him and not a dvd you oh, got to play it on VHS. VHS for them? Yeah, you got to play it on VHS that's and like show them the real experience. That's how they rented it. You yep. have to rent a machine. And then too. you got to rewind it for them and you got to return it to the one blockbuster <laughs> that still exists in Alaska. So, 
Yeah, I just so I just feel like atmosphere is much better. I went. I watched. Um, speaking of scary movies, I watched it the other night. Which one? Oh, it, it, that yes, it. it, not the uh, TV version of it. But no, the, uh, that's not. That's not very good. It's not very scary anyway. I found it fairly scary at the time, hmm. but you know. Okay. Um, but uh, this movie is quite. It's quite good. It's you know has some good scares in it, but then it starts showing too much of Pennywise, mm-hmm. and then you start realizing that, you know. Yeah, he's just a scary clown. Don't you feel that it's, uh, okay. Uh, here's, here's my problem with Pennywise, the clown from, uh, and I've read, I read the book, uh, as well. Me too. Um, my worst decision. Too much, uh, he can do too many things. He's too much, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like you're, uh, you're a clown. Yep. Okay, you're creepy. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Uh, you eat kids. Uh, it's creepy. You're in a sewer. That's good. Uh, but you've also a got sewer these... is less good, but yeah. Well, sewers are creepy. Like the idea mm. of you're walking by a sewer and you see something in the sewer. What is it? It's a face. That's, that's creepy. That is creepy. Yeah. It's some, creepy. you know, uh, it, it grabs you and pulls you into the sewer. That's creepy. Tears your arm. That's creepy. Uh, but, but <laughs> then it's like, oh, and it's also got these dead lights and they, when you look at them, you go mad from the horror of, uh, fuck off. You know, <laughs> just like you're already a creepy clown. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to. You know, it feels like it's, uh, you know, piling on. And he's got chainsaw hands, and mm. <laughs> make you have sex with your mom. It's like, well, stop Ooh. it. It's enough. That's enough. That's it. Follows. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Okay. Uh, w- that's great. And then, like later on, you know, he's a spider. Oh, fuck off. You know, it's, pick a thing. Pick a lane. It's mm. uh, it's your Freddy Krueger problem. It's like here's a guy who can do anything. Well, how do you beat him? Eh, you know, it's just some arbitrary bullshit near the end. Something. Yeah, you know, and then in the book, uh, all the kids have uh, an orgy in the sewer, which uh, seems like a, a, an odd thing to do. Really? Do you not remember the sewer orgy? That never no. made it to the TV movie, nor <laughs> I don't the new uh, new version. Unless they're going to have a flashback where they all remember that time they had a sewer orgy. They did. Mm. Yeah, these kids. The only, as I said before, the only thing I would thank it for is that it taught me the word no seams for the little in, little gnat like insects that fly around. Mm. Which gave me the clue to figure out a lyric that I can never quite understand. Which is? Uh, I was in a Jeffy Frederick song called Window. Uh, and it says, uh, uh, nor, nor no skitters, nor no seams. Meaning, he just wants this person to live in a perfect world. And so there's no skeeters, no, no mosquitoes, or, or any no seams. And I could never, I didn't know what no seams were. I never heard the word before. So I, I, I could never, I could figure out what skeeters meant. Yeah. Mosquitoes, but. You know, skeeters, no, no, see them. So it's like, ah, no museums. I don't know. <laughs> I hope you go to a place where there's no museums. Those terrible museums. Don't want those creeping around, <laughs> going into your bank account. Those museums. But no, it was. Wow, it's a lot of bank account stuff. I That's was, the one thing that. Uh, little thing I like to call like callback. Pennywise didn't, uh, didn't do never one <laughs> in your bank account. He could have. So Pe- Pennywise was this immortal thing that uh, has been around for uh, thousands and thousands of years. I guess so. So what? When did he go clown? Because he definitely wasn't a clown in caveman times. Because they would have just been, what's this about? That doesn't do anything for me. And also, we have no sewers. Well, like, he, he would have well, had to have been a creepy thing in a cave. He would have been a cave clown. He would have been would a cave. Well, oh, a cave clown is actually yeah. really creepy. Just had all these cave <laughs> cavemen, and, and then you see one is just a clown. Yeah. Jeez, that would be. That's really creepy. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Yeah, now you now you creep me out. I was wondering if like if it goes even farther back, it's like yeah. so is he like a clown clownosaurus? You know, he's doing this with like dinosaurs and shit. Like how mm. how far back does this go? Because he goes back a, a sizable amount of time. 
Yeah, I don't know. But the movie itself was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I've yeah. heard people say it was entertaining. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought the kids who were in it were, were quite good and did a good job. And is uh, it weird that it's the one kid from Stranger Things doing another thing where he's fighting? He plays a, a totally different character, so okay. I'm okay with that. All right. He does some acting, and that's fine. I'm okay with Brad Pitt being a uh, a guy who starts a fighting club, and then he's also a he's also a guy who fishes. But no, no, it would, it would be like a guy who starts a fighting club and then another movie where he starts a different fighting club. But it's, no, it's not, it's not the same. Well, you're both... You, uh, the kids it's not the fi- same story. The, the fits kind of kids fighting supernatural monsters. It's not the same story. Okay. The but there are story. supernatural monsters that are killing people. It's, but it's fine. It's not the same story and it's not the same character. Do you think, though... Here's the thing. If that kid... Okay. Uh, the act, what's the actor's name? Uh, Finn Wolfhard. Finn... Oh, uh, No. Uh, anyway, uh, if, if Finn Wolfhard's two hard, characters, hard. those two boys, yeah. uh, met each other, yeah. uh, and and start you know in a psychiatrist's office, Eddie and what's his name in uh, Stranger Things? I, I Mike. Could, is it Mike? I don't know. Eddie and Mike. I like Mike and Eddie's. You ever had those candies? So good. Um, uh, Fruit covered licorice. So uh, if those two kids met, you would think they would have more in common than not in common. No. Nope. Oh, they would. They nope. would like, how was your summer? Oh, my summer? Oh, I see what you well, mean. Well, my friend uh, got uh, killed by a supernatural monster, and we ended up having to uh, all team up and defeat him. How about you? You know what? That was my summer as well. Yeah. And they'd all, and they then they go, you know, they wouldn't go like, mm, your story can't relate to it. What was yours? Clown. But how I about think- yours? Tentacle monster. How about mm-hmm. yours? I had a telepath. How about yours? Oh, we thought things, and then they manifested themselves. Nah, we don't have anything in common. Yeah. Good day. And then they go their own way. I don't know. By that logic, everyone who went to elementary school together should have been all, all the best friends in the world. Because they both fought supernatural because, monsters? No, no. Because they all had a shared experience of going to elementary school together. And I, I think the unique thing of fighting a supernatural well, immortal a, monster... Once you've, once, you've used, <laughs> once you've run out of the topic... Then you have to relate to each other in a different way, unless you're just going to keep on talking about your supernatural monster. I think fight. there's a couple of hours worth of conversation okay. you could milk out sure. of that. That's a couple of hours, but then what? I think I think I think two kids who find out they both like Star Trek can talk for no, a couple of hours. I, I think like uh, your, your friend died different. and no one no, believed no, no. us. That's different. Remember how no one believed us, that's and then different. we had to fight the monsters ourselves, and then we did. That's different. The end. That's different. Okay. But I don't think they'd be friends outside of that because they're both two different personalities and would have no no shared interests outside okay. of that. Would they care that they look exactly alike? Um, I guess I don't know. Okay. I might find it interesting. Yeah, but I, I, but I'll, I will recommend the movie. Okay. And I'm curious. I'm curious to see the next part. And by the way, here comes a siren. There please, goes a siren. Please that was take a, a drink. Fire truck. Please take a drink. We wish uh, the people they're going to rescue all the best. That was again a fire truck. Hey, Dave. Let's just do a couple of quick uh, taking care of business uh, things. Uh, this is the perfect time to take care of business every day and every way. Yeah. Because uh, Canada Day just went by, okay. so uh, we're making a little tribute there to Bachman Turner Overdrive with our taking care of business. Yep. Tip of the hat to Canada. Happy birthday. Happy 51st birthday, Canada. Uh, and whatever it is in America, good luck with all your business. <laughs> whatever it is in America. Uh, oh, we don't know. There's wait a second. So- uh, someone's, oh, dear. I think we're sending uh, said- some uh, vehicles over to America right now to try and take care of things. Like a- there goes the duck truck. There's a sizable amount of fire trucks going that way. Mm-hmm. This is a bad day for a fire. Very, uh, very warm, very dry. Fun. But anyway, happy Fourth of July yeah. uh, to our American listeners. Um, here's what's going on, folks. Uh, first of all, a little quick plug. Uh, I'm going to be at the Vancouver Writers Festival in October. That just all got announced uh, formerly, formerly, formally today. 
uh, October 15th to 21st. Okay. Uh, some nice writers are going to be there talking writing. And you. One of my, yeah, and me. And the rest. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite uh, cartoonists, Jeffrey Brown, is going to be there. Oh, wow. Really enjoy his work. Mm-hmm. It'd be good to see him again. Uh, so if you're in Vancouver, uh, October, uh, come, come say hi. And we are, speaking of not that at all, uh, we're at episode 344 right now. We're coming up on 350, and that's going to be a special time. Yes. Why? Because uh, both of our asses are going to get incredibly sore. <laughs> Why? Because we've asked you for things that we can sit on oh. and that are uncomfortable. <laughs> and we will be mm. sitting on those things yeah. and doing our podcast on those objects. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're doing at all. Please do not send us those things. Uh, what we're asking you for are our questions. Is our question show. Mm-hmm. We've done these before, and they've lasted a very long time. Dave is delighted by this. Yes. I am scared, as if I was facing uh, a creature from, you know, the underside, or the downside, whatever they call that, uh, or the, so the, uh, the it under, clown. So the underneath? The underwear? <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, you've been writing in with questions, some of you, so thank you so much for that. Uh, we will be putting your suggestions into a pair of pants. We'll be pulling suggestions out of said pants, and there will be a prize for one of those suggestions at the end of the show. So, uh, yeah, ask us whatever you want. Uh, make it personal. Keep it personal if you want. Uh, make it uh, vague. Make it uh, light. Make it weird. Whatever you want. Make it we so. Will, we will answer anything we are legally allowed to answer. There you are. Yeah. So that's yes. coming up in six episodes, so get on it. Wow, yeah. Uh, and if you, you go, hey, this isn't enough of you guys for me, I'd go, what? <laughs> uh, we've got another podcast now called uh, Full Marks, where we're going over every Marx Brothers movie. Yeah. So uh, go check that out. That's on your iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you listen to this on. Yeah. You're, you're right. So we're up to now uh, Star Wars, which is weird. Yes. Marx Brothers do very little in Star Wars, but it is a key, crucial scene, so we are going to cover it. Here's a question for you. Is what it film related to feathers? It's related to the Marx Brothers. Oh, sorry. What film did Canadian? I think Canadian. No, maybe not. I'm bullshitting. He's not Canadian. <laughs> I'm sorry. He did some work in Canada. Harold Ramis. What film did Harold Ramis say was his Marx Brothers movie? What film that he did? Yeah, that he that he wrote. He was not in it. Oh, but he wrote it, and he says this was my Marx Brothers movie because he considered it to have the so same Animal kind House. Of, it is not Animal House, oh, no. darn. Uh, he's not in it. He's not in it. He wrote it. He wrote it. I don't know all his films. I'm so. trying to think if he directed it or not. I'm not sure. I, I would have to give up because I... I, 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 I but, 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 yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, Dave's having a stroke, so while he does that, <laughs> I'm going to let you know that film was Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack, really? Like, uh, Rod, Rodney Dangerfield so. to be the Groucho okay. in that. Okay, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a snobs versus the slobs. Pricking the pompous. You're correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I can so, see that. So anyway, uh, that's the kind of thing we won't be discussing on full marks. But uh, go take a <laughs> take a listen to that if you if you feel uh, up for it. Uh, and I'm going to be it's in. Fun. I'm going to be at San Diego Comic Con in two weeks. Uh, so if you're in San Diego uh, at, for Comic Con, say uh, say hi. I'll be doing some panels. For Sparks, I'll be doing it with Scholastic. I'll be doing some panels with Bongo Comics. And I might be doing some stuff with Image as well. So, hey, 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 I'll be there. Well, I'll be I, hanging by a pool as much as I possibly can. When I'm there, I'll come by and say hi. I want you to come by sometime. It'll be great. Have you ever wanted to go to San Diego Comic Con? No. <laughs> Is it too much for you, do you think? I just feel... Would you rather go to a New York one? I feel like it would be... Hmm, how do I say this? 
But yeah, it's a feels, shit show. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It'd just be so overwhelming Cluster that you'd kind of feel like the things you're interested in are like too far away for you to to reach them because they're just you're just in a mass of humanity. Everyone's swarming around. Things. There is a mass of humanity. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true, and it is difficult now. I would say if you'd gone ten years ago, you could have gone into anything you wanted to, yeah. and seen the thing that you like uh-huh. up close, yeah. yeah. Which to me was always the benefit of going there because it made things seem real and possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of just something on a screen that you could never do. It's like, oh, there's a person. Oh, they do it. Oh, they're talking about it. Oh, I could do that. All right, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And it makes uh, makes sense. But you did go to uh, WonderCon. I did. I did. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. I did. That's where we. That's where we met Bran when. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. I mean, it was worth going to San Francisco. No, Indeed. I enjoyed that trip a lot. And I also got to go to uh, the cathedral, the big cathedral there for uh, church services. <laughs> that was kind of interesting, too. Oh, neat. Yeah. I did can't you, hu- it was called did you hug people there? Well, I made it a point. Full on like, bear <laughs> hugs. Like, just so hard. Well, there are a lot of bears there. And usually, I would <laughs> that always... That is the slang term. A gentle it. clasp of the right buttock. Sure, sure. Yeah. Man or woman. Yeah, yeah. As a, I'd always be like, well, that's what we do in the Anglican church. They're Episcopalian. That's how we do it British Always style. a little different. Hello, 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 you say? It's not the Anglican Church in uh, in England. It's the Church of England. It's the Anglican Church in Canada. And the Episcopalian Church in America. But Anglican, that'd be like Anglo-English, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm still, yeah. yeah. It's just it's not, saying I'm just it. saying it's not called that in, in England. Fair that's enough. That's all I'm saying. All right. It's C of E there. Yeah, Church of England. That's correct. Yeah. But they say C of E because they've, they've got to get going and do it's other really, stuff. It's so, it's so they got to get on. They got to get on the tube. They have to get on the tube. They got to mind the gap and get on the tube. Yep. Get uh, uh, to their flat. That's They got to take a lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, to flat. Sit on the settee. Yeah. Uh, watch the telly. Isn't it ironic they have to take a lift to get to their flat? That's an interesting point. It's too bad that they uh, they stopped doing all that kind of uh, talk uh, when it came to the internet age. There's no slang term for. You know, uh, uh, going online, surfing the web. There should be like a British. Yeah, netty. You know, oh, doing going netty. Yeah, going go, netty. Going on the netty. I'd say yeah. just going netty. <laughs> going they would netty. trim it down. <laughs> okay, going netty. Yeah, he's at mill. He's I'm at going mil- netty. Going netty. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Going, going, going to oh, hospital. Gonna watch your porn stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going, going netty. Going to hospital. Yeah, that's right. Going to home. If you say going to home, it means you're going to a care home, not going home. Oh, okay. But yeah. this is secure. I home. discovered that when I was reading an article about someone. Working in a care home, and they said they're going to home. And I first I did a double take in my mind, like what? And I went, oh, I guess that makes sense. Going to hospital, going to home. Isn't this interesting, folks? Thank you. You're welcome. It's the best we can do. <laughs> this sunny, sultry. People don't listen to podcasts hot. for interesting things. Oh, they don't. They listen for you guys are nuts. intimacy. Oh, wow. A British care home. Again, care homes are a little scary. But a British care Why home... Why is a care home scary? Uh, it's just scary. A well, Brit- it, it, it is because I think that as soon as you enter one, you give up. Uh, yeah. Um, you're, you're encouraged. I mean, it's the right, right thing to do uh, a lot of the time. Yep, of course. Um, I've been in a bunch of them to visit a lot of people and mm-hmm. be, be there. Me too. Uh, but uh, I would say British, you know you're going to get good tea. And, there's a, <laughs> and, a, and, and that's something like, you know, at least at 4 o'clock, yeah. you're going to get a cup of... Mm-hmm. And it's going to be good. And a bicky. They're not, Cup and a bicky. Uh, yeah. And I don't know what the bicky's going to be. No. Probably hobnob. Maybe penguin. Could be. Don't know how it's going to be. Uh, oh, what else? Uh, Jaffa cake, perhaps? Oh, it's a Jaffa cake. Day. Good one. That's, that's good. Um, but your tea is going to be great. Sure. So at least at four o'clock every yeah. day, you're going to get a nice cup of tea. Then you're going to watch EastEnders or Coronation Street or whatever the hell you're, you watch. I would rather listen fun. to the Archers on the radio. Oh, all right. 
Yes. Just people like uh, with archery? No, no. Going, it's a, it's and a, he's pulled back the bow. And it's in the target. It is a radio. He split the arrow. It is a radio soap from the 1930s. It's still going on today. Really? Five minutes a day. Oh. Of the show. And then on Sunday, they have the, uh, the omnibus. And they'll just put together all six five-minute episodes into one half-hour episode. Oh, my gosh. So too can, long. Half yeah. hour. Who's got that kind of time? Oh, yeah, exactly. But on a Sunday, you do. You can uh, do your 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 London Times crossword and uh, and then listen to the archers. And if you listen to it throughout the week, you can spoil it for your friends and be mm-hmm. real dink about That's it. That's right. That's right. He's like, he's going to die. What? Yeah. Oh. And he wasn't talking about the archers. He was just telling that person they were going to die. <laughs> wow. That is a spoiler. Yeah. Is, I mean, although... You don't have to be exactly right, but it is an it is a very good guess. It would be a mean thing to do, but it would be fun if, say, you were at a care home to just and it's not hard to get one of these. Get a robe, get a scythe, yeah, and just wander wander down yeah. the hall and just look into different people's rooms. Oh. and go no, and then just keep going. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, show up and start playing chess with someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of cruel, but okay. Usually the one who does like pranks. I know, because chess is so boring. You're, you're right. It'd be pulling. very cruel to make someone play chess. Do you find chess boring? Yes. Oh, I enjoy it. I, enjoy it. I don't play it very often now, but I do. Uh, okay, I'm going to say I don't find it boring. It makes me physically ill, so I can't play it. Why? Because... Too tense for you? It's not tense. Too exciting? I'm not, Too not much tense, excitement? Not tense at all about it. Uh, I just... Uh, I think too far in advance of all the things, and that gives me a bad headache, and it uh, makes me nauseous. Huh. I I think of all the... Like, that's basically how I think of things. Like, I think of things that way anyway. I think of all the things that can go wrong in different probabilities. Okay. And so when I've got so many probabilities in front of me, it just is too much in my head, Mm. and it just makes me physically ill. It's like when I have the the, uh, cold or a flu, I'll have... uh, Not nightmares, but I'll have dreams about math. And too and and just too much information, and mm. it will make me physically ill because I've got too or or, or just uh, yes. too too many names or numbers or yeah. things in my head. Fever dreams. Yeah, fever dreams, and my fever dreams are are always just an overwhelming around amount of factors, whether mm. it's mathematical or game or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, ugh. so, but I do like playing chess. I like playing bullet chess. I like uh, yeah, any kind of speed chess. I enjoy. I like okay. chess where we take the pawns away. I like okay. anything that uh, evens things up, and let's just have some fun. Huh. Huh, interesting. And I like playing chess in a park where you've got the giant pieces. I also like doing that. Oh, I see. I prefer the actual humans that that actually that are killed. Have you ever seen a game. game with actual humans? Yes, but not not actually not killed. Bag, yeah, I have seen that. I like that too. It must it's be fun. terribly dull for them. Why? They're just standing around waiting. Oh, it's exciting when you get picked, though. I guess so, but if you're a pawn, oh man, you get so much action. I just feel like I just feel my back getting sore watching. Imagine them. if you're a pawn, and you get to like kill like a bishop or something. Good day for you. Pretty great. That would be good. But yeah. That, but pretty much, if you're killing, if you're a pawn killing a bishop, you're a sacrifice piece. You're not going to be on the board for long. Mm-hmm. But at least you took the bishop out. That's true. Smug bastard. Went out in blaze of glory. Yeah, you know he did some stuff. <laughs> you don't get to be a bishop without, like, you know, committing a few sins. The bishop. Exactly. Oh, uh, before we came in, you were telling me uh, that you were reading uh, a book about Archie. Yeah, the book I, uh, that you that, uh, that get, you picked up from. Yeah, me. I'm not trying to say that as a as, as a way of going. I'm a great person and I got you a nice book. No, I would never go that far. Sounds good. Um, but uh, but what was what what was the book specifically about? Well, it's an inter- interesting book. It's um it's um the idea of the book is the author whose name excuse me I think his name is Bart Beatty, a long time long time comics journal write, uh, reviewer. Oh, good for him. He uh, what he did was he wrote he read the entire run of Archie comics, not just the Archie title, but all the titles from that time period. So that's Archie from Betty Archie and Veronica, number. What was the, the first Jughead. Archie comic? Was it Pep? 
Yeah, but he didn't read those ones. Just Archie. Just from the 12 cent period. So that's sort of like oh. in the early 60s through to the sometime in 69 or something like that when the oh, price went okay. up. Okay, all right. So he went from when the price went to 12 cents and went up, stopped being 12 cents. That is a time Because it was that 10 he, cents before. I guess, yeah. That's right, yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I don't know if it was a random thing or if he was just interested in that time period. Maybe he thought that was like the best time period where it had the most, you know, it had Harry Lucy was, was you know, drawing for it. It had um, Dan DiCarlo. It had. Sam, I can't remember, Sam Schwartz, I think, who did Jughead comics. Okay. And he did, that's all he did was Jughead comics. Was Stan Freeberg around then, or was that later? Stan Freeberg? Yeah. I think it was Sam Gold. Sorry, Sam, sorry, sorry Gold, uh, Gold. Goldberg. Goldberg, yeah. Sorry about that. Stan Freeberg is But it's not Sam, person. it was... Um, oh, Jesus Christ. I've worked with a guy, and I feel terrible now. What was his name? I can't think of it now. Sorry. You know who I'm talking about. I do know who you're was talking about. Was he around that time? I, I think he's more of a 70s person. Because he did a lot of the Archie comic strip in the paper. I think he's, he would have taken over from Bob Montana, maybe. and But I think he is uh, later. Stan Goldberg? It is Goldberg, but I can't remember if it's Stan. But anyway, it's not important. Oh. I don't, he hasn't come up in it what is, I've it read It is so quite far. important because he was a good guy. Anyway, I have ahead. I have not read to that point. Saul? It was not Saul. God not damn Saul. it. It was not Saul. Was I feel terrible. Again, I, I did a, an issue oh. of the Simpsons comic with him uh, that he drew, and uh, we did an Archie parody, and he did a really great job with it, and uh, I feel bad that I can't remember his name. Anyway, look it up. Look up me. Look up Archie parody. But then you'll probably get mad because I just did that. Oh, fuck. Forget it. Don't look it up. Back to Dave. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, all the various titles from that time. Madhouse. Pep, as you said. Was mm. a, Pep was still an anthology title at that time. It was called Archie's Madhouse? Archie's Madhouse, Now, yeah. wasn't there also, or was this a separate book? Was there also the Madhouse Glads, or was that a... Um, was that was that a spinoff of that? I don't know. Okay, That's Madhouse Glads were a band. Okay, another comic about a band. And then there was a Reggie joke book as well. All right, that was meaner than than all the other titles put together. Yeah, it basically became the repository for all the mean jokes. Yes, uh, Reggie's going too far. Comics. Little Archie was another one. It started in the mid fifties, so it was going on then. Um, and that was really its own thing. Little Archie was a very different uh, comic yes, it than was Archie. Own, it was more adventure. It, it was more adventure, but kind of Scrooge McDucky. It still followed the. There was a rule that no story could go past one issue. So you never had a continuing story that that went on. Like every story had to end in one issue. So Did they had, ever have something that was introduced in a story that was picked up later no. as in a villain of some sort? Maybe, but they didn't have any continuity in their stories either. Okay, like there was no 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 attempt for continuity at that time. Which I like. I don't like continuity in comics like that. Right. I think that wrecks the comics. Yeah, it's like when uh, when you started the show with a completely different host named Ian, mm-hmm. uh, and then it changed to me, and you never acknowledged it. Why would I? Which always was weird. No, no. no you no. really bewitched me. I on do that. not. I do not. I don't enjoy yeah. continuity. Uh, because yeah, the, what the writer points out is just how much people's skills would come and go, and their abilities would come and go. Like, so you have to have an issue where Archie speaks perfect French, so that helps the story. Of the you know him meeting this French girl and helping her and blah blah blah, or other times he's a terrible student. And Is this ma- Archie Archie or little yeah, Ar- Archie Archie Archie? Archie, yeah. Archie yeah. Or he might be a good student in a story. Yep. He might be a great bowler in a story or a terrible bowler. It goes you know it just doesn't matter. Like it just matters for the story itself. The story it feeds the character. You know his character is just this block kind of blob. Veronica and Betty are obviously more slightly better drawn in this terms of we know what one will do. And what the other, you know, what they will and won't do. And so they're kind of fixed in that way. But Archie has no fixed personality, really. And unlike, say, Reggie, who has a fixed, you know, Reggie is not going to suddenly become a good guy. Mm -hmm. That's not his character. His character is to be a jerk. 
And interestingly, Reggie never had a successful title outside of the joke book. Mm-hmm. He never had like a Reggie that worked. It just his character is not. Yeah, he's and, the villain. And same with Veronica. Veronica never had a successful title on her own. It was always yeah, it was Betty, Betty Veronica. Veronica. Yeah, and then there was a Betty comic, um, but never, never a Veronica one. It was an interesting fact. And so it's quite interesting to read. Actually, I really I'm quite enjoying it. I, I, what I'm I like best is is of course to read about the the artists and and their working systems and things like that. There actually was a story written by, and I wish I could remember the writer's name now because he wrote. He wrote almost all, uh, Doyle, Frank Doyle, I think his name was. And he wrote basically all of the Archie stories in like the Archie comic that Harry Lucy drew. And, and he, uh, he wrote this one story and it's basically how you write an Archie story. Oh. And so he has a character, he has a character in the story trying to write an Archie story. And it's just a sort of, uh, yeah, it just basically describes what you do. And it, you know, just that very simple, how you get a gag into the story and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was very interesting. I just read about it. I have not read it because he doesn't. He's limited in how many pages he can. I assume it ends with uh, Archie falling down. Because it usually ends with Archie falling down. Classic thing, yeah. Yeah. And it's good. It's fun to read, actually. There, there is a favorite artist I have, and I never knew who he was. Um, because growing up, I read the digests, which collected the comics from across the ages. So the look would radically change. Yeah, somewhat. Um, they wouldn't really print from the very earliest ones too often. You wouldn't get like the Bucktooth Archie very very much. The one that didn't like being called Archie and wanted to be called Chick. Chick, that's right. No one ever called him Chick? No one ever will call him Chick. No, because it's a terrible name. Compared to Archie. If Jughead is called Jughead, we're going to call you Archie and you're going to (laughs) shut up about it. You are far from the guy with the worst name, right, Moose? (laughs) What do you think, Dilton Doily? Is this Archie guy got something to complain about with his name? Archie Andrews. My name's alliterative. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, so, yes. So he, um, I can't remember I was talking, but anyway. Uh, you're talking about oh, there was Luce, a, how to write an Archie story. But not, no, not just, I was talking about reading the digest. And so the, oh, there's always these uh, stories, and I never knew who drew them because there's no credit on them. But what's interesting reading this book is I was able to recognize that it's Harry Lucy who drew these stories. And I just love his way of drawing. And in fact, his way of drawing is basically the style that Will Elder poached and put into his starchy parody, mm. almost without changing the exaggeration that Harry Lucy would use. Because he would, he, Harry Lucy would do that very stiff arms down the side, legs really high, yep. kind of stomping kind of style and stuff like that. He used that all the time. Yeah, for, especially Jughead. Yeah, he, yeah. very much. And so it was interesting to 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 see and that sexy ladies. Yes, he also Kirby sexy ladies. He liked to draw the sexy ladies as well. Yeah, yeah. Even before Dan DiCarlo, uh, you know, became kind of a our. You know, it seems like we know Dan DiCarlo's name much better now than Harry Lucy. But according to this writer who's writing the book, Harry Lucy was above. You know, uh, this the best artist yeah. to be drawing. Well, out. Dan DiCarlo then created. Uh, I, I'm trying to think if like I know he created obviously Josie and then later Josie and the Pussycats. It was based on his wife, so clearly mm-hmm. that was him. Yeah, but I'm not sure if he was uh, the creator, co-creator of Sabrina or not. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I think know. he might have been, but he did it's create. A, he created a lot of things, and I think that's why, you know, we kind of know him a little bit more. Yeah, well, and I th- but I just think he lasted longer too, and he la- he lasted into a into the fan age, whereas Harry Lucy didn't. Did Harry uh, do what Dan did, which which was also uh, do a lot of uh, good girl uh, comics don't know. and saucy, don't know. saucy one panelers because there was a lot of that that mm-hmm. Dan did. This book is about is about Archie, so he doesn't really go into their their careers very much, mm-hmm. or not yet anyway, uh, as far as I've read of it. So, but it's a good it's a good bathroom book. I'll say that for it. It's a good book just to pick up, read a couple of chapters because they're short chapters, and he'll concentrate on you know, like I said, like when is one chapter is just called 
how well does Archie speak French? <laughs> you know, and so it's interesting. It's as well as need be. As well as he needed to, exactly. And it's it's a fascinating thing. And that's, I, by the way, uh, a thing as well with The Simpsons. It's like occasionally uh, Bart will not know French, mm-hmm. but Bart speaks French. Yeah, uh, yeah, he speaks fluent French. He li- he lived for a short period of time in France and learned it. Okay, uh, so you can pull that out if you want as a character thing. But you know, if he doesn't, if it's a better gag for him not to know France French, yeah, uh, he doesn't know French. Hmm. That's what you do. Yeah, because, yeah, like you say, it's the gag. Like, Archie is a gag strip, so if you lock yourself down into continuity, you slowly you slowly cut off all avenues of humor to the point where it just becomes, like, domestic humor rather than sort of antic, falling-down humor and gags involving, you know, being dragged down a, a bowling alley lane by the ball or stuff like that, you know. I was mentioning there was three bowling stories in, in a short span of, like, three issues or three bowling <laughs> stories, as if the writer had, like, one story idea and started working on it and then it was like oh i have a better i have another idea that's really good too and writing i'll make you know make notes for that and then that was in the next one and da, 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 you know like, it just reminds me of how all these cartoonists used to hang out together and then you would uh, you would clearly know that they all went golfing because they would all do golf strips for a week yeah and all of the different ones would all be j- golf jokes and similar golf jokes and yes like, all right you think of like mort walker and dick brown and all those guys yep. all living together and not living together. Yeah, Johnny Parker or whatever. Uh, yeah, they all, uh, uh, all of a sudden the king and Wizard of Ed is going golfing. Mm-hmm, yeah. They're yeah. all going golfing. Johnny Hart and, uh, is it Brent Parker? Brent Parker. Parker and Hart for sure. Yeah. For, for, for Wizard BC. Of Id. It no, was no, t- it was just, it was just Hart for, for BC. Parker and Hart for Wizard of Id. Wizard of Id. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was Dick Brown and Mort Walker for High and Lois. Dick Brown alone for Hager the Horrible. That's right. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of people that did a lot of two strips. Yeah. You know, back then. Well, it's more money. And who did Beetle Bailey? That was Mort Walker. That was Mort Walker. Yeah, yeah. Mort Walker. Yeah. Okay. And just Mort Walker did Beetle Bailey. I mean, they had, he had paid writer. They all had paid assistants who worked on the, the strips with them and helped, and helped develop gags and things. But which, yeah. which, which, which Hank Ketchum never did. Good for Hank Ketchum. But he kind of went a bit, a bit uh, loopy too. Again, uh, I've got, uh, I got, listen, I understand that the drawings were hard. I, I, I get that, but you know, if you got to come up with, you know, six, seven gags a week, yeah, it's fine. It's not super hard. If this is what you do for a living, you should be able to do that. No, you should be able to do that. I can see how it gets hard. Okay. But that's what you do for a living. Yeah, so yeah. it should be, you should be able to do that. Like, especially when you see the very mild jokes that you get in a Beetle Bailey or something. Yeah. Just like, well, you should be able to come up with like seven of those a week. <laughs> Sincerely. Like, you should be able to yeah. just jokes about the food's not good. Sure. Yeah. It's fine. Or Hager the Horrible. It's fine. Yeah. You'll be all right. He, he goes to France. He gets something. He doesn't understand it. Comments on it. It's fine. His, uh, then you do one with him and his daughter and, uh, he's shooing away loot. Who's uh, flirting? It's fine. It's not hard. Seven jokes. You got to write. Okay. Dave, here's what you got to do for a living. Yeah. Because you go. How many hours a day do you work? You work eight hours a day. Nine hours a day. You work nine nine goddamn hours a day. They're you all work, right. You work nine. That's not counting your commute. That is not counting my commute. So ten hours, including your commute. Yes. Okay. So you work ten hours a day. Yeah. So uh, in a week, fifty. Fifty hours. Well, well except oh, on no, Friday Fridays a little short. Forty-five hours. Forty-six. I, I got off two and a half hours early. Forty-eight. Forty-seven and, and a half. half. Yeah. You work forty-seven and a half hours a week. Yeah. If I gave you forty-seven and a half hours, yeah, could you come up with seven jokes? <sighs> the answer, David. Mm? Yes. <laughs> Is that right? I yes, could. Yes, you could. I could. Okay. I don't know if I could. Yes, you could. Because okay. here's what you would do. 
you would do what you what what uh, what, what comedy open writers up, do. open up an old BC comic book. Strips. Y- you could steal from there. Not steal. Just change Curly to someone else. Nope. Just write a different punchline to the setup. You could all the setups are still fine because the uh, setups okay. are real grounded in something. Just like, oh, Sarge is upset that he doesn't know how to play golf. Yeah. So he's going to play golf his own way, and here's how you play it. You play it whatever the Sarge way. Yeah. Um. But uh, what you do is you go, like, i got to write seven jokes. So how do you write seven jokes? You write 70 jokes. And then you pare them down, and you go, like, there's seven good jokes in those 70 jokes. And you could write 70 jokes in 47 and a half hours. I swear you can. Huh. Yeah. You would be able to. So- not, a, not a problem Sounds at all. Impossible. You could do it in a hammock in your backyard. <laughs> well. Yep. Listen, the listeners have heard the quality of jokes that I, I make on this show. So I'm, right. And they're have all, they also seen Beetle Bailey? Head. They're all shaking their head right now. Right. I don't know if Dave could do it. Okay. I don't think so. You're, okay, you read the comic strips in the morning. Yes, I do. All right. In the Not local, all of them, but I do read them. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a siren go by in just a second. Uh, so how many How many do you think are in the, in the local paper that you've got there? Like uh, 20? Maybe 20? Yeah, maybe. About 20. Of that twenty, yep. how many are good? Three. How, how many are reliably good? Or reliably good, good, sure. Or you know what? Even sporadically good. Five. Uh, sporadically good, I would say. Out of twenty. Seven. Seven. Okay, seven. Seven or eight. Yeah. So the majority, thirteen, are not good. You know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to say I'm going to change it to thirteen and say seven are pretty much a, a write-off. Really, thirteen are spo- are sporadically, sporadically good. good. Yeah. Well. Shut yeah. my mouth on that. Okay, I would I would have thought less than that for. Well, no, for if that. you think about it, like, uh, what what's in the paper? Like, there's ones like the ones I don't read are the ones that I would like say are are no good, right? Like Rudy Hill, Sherman's Lagoon, that Zach or Zach Hill, sorry, Zach Hill, Rudy Park, then Rudy Park, or it was Rudy Cafe, I think, once, and then it became Rudy Park. Rudy later. Park, Sherman's Lagoon, um, dog dog or something like that. Karen's called. It's not very good. Um, Heart of the City, I don't read very much. Okay. Are those joke strips? They're joke strips. All right. Here's what I would say for you if you wanted like a challenge and just go, I wonder if I could do this. And here's, here's how you do it. Okay. Uh, every day. Okay. You go and you find one of the stinkeroos. (laughs) Okay. So let's take a Zach Hill. All right. Okay. So stinkeroo is a Zach Hill. Yeah. And, and, and it usually is like Zach is like, oh, my friend was on the phone so much. He missed this beautiful sun, sun, sunset. Uh, kids today, we're, we're assholes. Something like that. It'd be like that. Or like, uh, hey, what a beautiful day outside. It's, uh, it's great. Hey, where's your mom? Cut to mom openly weeping. <laughs> a picture for dead husband. <laughs> That's the punchline. <laughs> like, what are you doing, comic strip? Anyway, uh, so anyway. I did not see that one. Uh, that was, then I they've go. done that a couple of times where it's that. just like, oh, for it. fuck's sake. And it's cartoon tears. That's the thing. It's like, you could do like a thing where like one single tear and like, oh, he might have died in the war or something. And like, yeah, we're yeah. all missing someone yeah. on this Memorial Day. Nope. nope. It's just open, big. Wah! Yo, <laughs> cartoon weeping. Wow. Gushers of, of, of tears Peace, pouring out of her peaceful. face. Meaning, when he died, he bled out badly, probably, because mm. if that's how people cry, yeah, they yeah. bleed out like a fountain. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, what you do is look at the first panel okay. of the thing of just like, oh, you know, kids today, they're on their phones so much. Uh, and then it's like, see if you can find a better punchline okay. to, or something funny you could do. And then go like, give me, uh, what, what are 10 things that you could like end it with that are better than that? If you can do that, then you can write a comic strip. You're fine. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, everyone, there you heard it. Ian's secrets 
to writing comic strips. Yep. We're, we're on the road to our syndicated comic strip. It's, uh, I've, I've just this year started doing New Yorker cartoons, and yeah. that's basically how I do it is I write way too many, <laughs> and then you just trim the complete garbage away, yeah. and then you tighten the ones that have something good to them, and huh. then, uh, yeah, then I hand them to Pia and uh, see which one she likes. <laughs> then she makes them wonderful because she's an amazing artist. So, yeah, yeah, you know, that helps. Look good. Here comes a gosh darn siren, everyone. Yeah. Please take a drink. And there we go. I know, I know for a fact that uh, collisions and injury doubled on the freeway that I take to work this this last. Uh, three years because you caused them. Well, I like to weave in and out of traffic, throwing uh, while playing the weavers on your, uh, the weavers. Uh, on your radio. Right. If I had a hammer, and everyone goes, "Get it!" That's what I do. Um, so I feel like that's we've seen an increase in sirens here in the last few years. As okay, well. especially recently, it seems like every show we do, there's a lot of sirens. Well, since we've started the show, you've gone through a lot of cars. <laughs> not my fault. Yeah, I'm not saying it's your fault. Nope. I'm just saying when we're saying that things personally. that would count, that, uh, that would cause a siren, we're on we're on a we're a couple of vehicles deep right now. Hey, if you're not comfortable talking about this, you can you can tell me not that you don't want to talk about it. Oh, sure, it. sure, go for it. But um, you have been working. You don't have to give away details, but you've been working on the next the next installment of Sparks. Hmm? What? <laughs> What's Sparks? Spark, what? You were saying to me last week when we were talking about By this. By the way, like, go out and buy Sparks if you, if you yeah, haven't bought it yet. Yeah. Uh, two cats. <laughs> they uh, they dress up as a dog. They save the world. It's very, um, it's very good. And uh, you know what's been nice? Mm. Uh, I went to uh, the the big bookstore uh, here, and uh, they were sold out oh. of our book. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And I looked yeah. up uh, online like how many of the other bookstores and how they were selling. And uh, it's it's nice. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, so b- buy more. Though still buy buy some for friends as well, but you were you were you've been working on the last week. You were telling me that you you found it a little intimidating writing this next this next. Yeah, a sequel is a is a tricky uh, bit of business mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So just finding that balance between the past story and the new story, and not and not losing track of who the characters are. Yeah, and not repeating, and not repeating, and not just doing. Here's a bigger version of what you did the last time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what we were saying, uh, if I'm remembering last week's show correctly, and I'm probably not, the most successful sequels, with the exception of something like The Godfather, uh, which just moved ahead in time, well, and which is kind of unfair because it was a lot of it was filmed concurrently true. with the first one and was just repackaged into a new film. Yeah, to be to be fair, for Superman two as well, that same thing was mm-hmm. was the case with that film. Yeah, uh, with the first one, but like a film like uh, Terminator. And Terminator Two or yeah. Alien and Aliens, uh, they change genres. Yeah, they're significantly different films. Yes, different film styles for sure. And I think that's something that's uh, that's worked well for the Marvel films as yeah. well. Is even though you could say it's a continuing story, uh, the genre keeps changing. Yeah, and so it it does seem. Uh, fresh, yeah. Uh, but we can't really do that with with this. So it's like, how well, do you? This one is going to be more like Peter Baggy's Hate. Okay, that's a new from what uh, era. This is the beginning, right from the beginning. Very start. Them, yeah, I want them to be in Seattle. I want a real Seattle okay. feel to it. All right. Grunge so they just moved happening. to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, buy a monster truck. Buy a monster truck. Uh, right. August uh, uh, joins a grunge band. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah. Do they move to a junkyard? Why would they move to a junkyard? Because that's what they didn't hate. That's the later part of it. Okay. Where yeah. do they? They just. He just lives in a in a basement suite kind of thing. Okay. In the first in the, at the beginning of it. 
So yeah, is Charlie dating at this point? Like, yeah, Charlie's uh, dating. Kind of a, a, a one 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 cat that he's dating is a little bit, uh, you know, uh, well, no, no, crazy, the, the and one is a little more stable. Well, the cat that he's dating, yeah. she's very much a you know kind of an upward striving professional kind right. of a woman. Her friend is a real loose loose cannon. You just don't know what she's going to do. She's a might have a bit of a screw loose. Real She's cat real and nine tails, if you but know what I mean. At the same time, that kind of crazy that's irresistible to cats. Okay, because what I you was, could call her a catnip for cats. What I was if cats didn't already have catnip. What I was going to do with this is I was going to make it more uh, eight ball, and I was going to ghost world it. Oh, really? You're going to oh, or do it as an anthology with a lot of different stories? No, no. I was uh, going to just make it a tale of ennui with the with, with them trying to find themselves and being sarcastically mm, commenting okay. on the world around them. Darn. And uh, in the end, okay. it will uh, it will end probably with you know uh, one of them on a on a bench watching mm. the other one get on a greyhound bus and go off to their life and you're like mm, i wonder where bad. this is going to go from here i was really hoping for like a, a happy fisher cat or a vet school confidential well here's what i want is i uh, again I'm, I'm i and i am dipping a little bit into the movie version of ghost world here but i was thinking <laughs> our steve-o character is really a steve buscemi and oh, always okay. has been all right so i'm i'm really going to hit that very... up and i'm going to have steve-o open just like a little store mm. little shop yeah like a a, a record store okay. that's also a marijuana dispensary because i'm going to try and modernize it a bit right sure of course yeah of course those places always look lovely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice well it sounds, sounds great i'm good luck what i'm going to say <laughs> Good luck to you, sir. I have uh, pitched a story to, uh, to Nina. She has gone uh, add more pizza places. I have added more pizza to it. This is not a joke. This is actually true. <laughs> uh, we had a lot more pizza, and we're ready to go. It's I think I think there's better. a good emotional beat yeah. uh, that uh, plays like with one of the characters that I uh, that is also because both of the main characters, August and Charlie, are based on my cats. Yeah, uh, they were also my wife's cats before before they were my cats as well. She had. Two cats. When yeah. we started to live together, I became, you know, uh, one of stepfather. the people. Stepfather. Yeah. I don't want to replace your real father. Yeah. Uh, I know you don't know who that is. <laughs> There's no reason you would. But I'm just going to try my best here. That's what best. I said yeah. to them. Yeah. Yeah. I had they a lot of, you're not my real dad. They had that real teen indifference to you. Yeah. They yeah. did. <laughs> Yeah. The cats do have a lot of teen indifference, um, <laughs> but but even though it's a surreal story with like you know world uh, you know uh, endangering stakes, uh, everything is based on real things that they've sure. done in their sure. their own backgrounds. Yes. So build yeah. robots and yep. yeah. But what's the robot in real life? The robot was something that was kind of real. But yeah, everything is based on truth so there'll be a little something from uh, one of the cat's lives that was in real life that okay. will be uh affecting uh, the fictional version oh, interesting yeah. so i'm doing so i'm doing that right now i'm also writing uh the fourth issue of exorcisters which i can't say what company it's for but if i did it would be image but i can't say that but it's for image <laughs> and they should have adju- uh, announced it by now but anyway it's image but i can't say it's image uh huh. so i'm, I'm they're waiting for the they're waiting time. for san diego to announce it uh, maybe um, it's, it's coming out, uh, like I've, I've approved all of the preview stuff. So okay. it's going to be in preview. So yeah, yeah. what have you. So yeah. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I'm doing the New Yorker cartoons and I just did a thing for Matt as well that I can't say what it is. Nice. Uh, so it's been crazy busy. And after this tonight, uh, after we do this, mm-hmm. I've got like about three deadlines to finish. We, sh- we record this on a Thursday. I've got to get it done by Friday morning so that I can get paid for that stuff to go to San Diego. Ah. So it's madness but it's still enjoyable i'm glad to hear that thank you sometimes i wonder if you're if you're enjoying yourself but it's glad to hear you well it's a you know it's enjoyable but it's also a job Mm -hmm. so there's times that i like it more than something else and sometimes interesting but i can't think of another thing that i would i would rather be doing 
No. No. Really, really no. I, Making I up know. stories. Yeah. It yeah. would be it would be at a different level, or it would be without having to pursue a publisher. I would just be doing them myself, but I'd probably be doing the same thing generally. Yeah. And yeah. I do. Yeah, I'd probably be doing the same thing. I I would say the same thing. Uh, yeah. Besides besides knocking uh besides getting ten free hours into my day, getting a lot of money, I wouldn't really change what I do. Just think of all the comic strips you could write, though. Yeah, it'd be great. I think you do a nice comic strip about all the people that Hagar loots. <laughs> but it's not funny, and yeah. it's just it's the sad. tragedy. No. Yeah. Sounds great. And yeah. then you do, it's like all of the side characters in the comic strips, like everyone whose yeah. like, relatives have been executed by the king and Wizard of Id. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, he looked at the king sideways, and, and he hanged him. I got a name for this strip. What's that? Horrible. Oh, just horrible. Yeah. Oh, I like it. <laughs> All the people who are uh, relatives of the people eaten in Sherman's Lagoon. <laughs> I don't read it. Yeah, there is a too. lot. There are a lot of characters in the comics who are murderers, mm-hmm. just straight out murderers. Yeah, yeah. As the lead, I'm pretty sure Dogbert in uh, Dilbert uh, kills people. Just you yeah, know, he could He's a when necessary. A sociopath, He's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, responsible for some deaths. I'm not sure if the cat in Get Fuzzy kills animals i don't think so garfield he would, he would love to kill i think ferrets or his enemy garfield weasels does weasels. eat birds and does eat mice and those mice and birds are fully formed characters with their mm. own personalities yep, and yep. points of view that's true and sometimes little homes yeah. so he, i would count him as a murderer as well because <laughs> he doesn't need to eat them to no, live no, he has lasagna he's, lasagna. Mm. he's already Pizza. morbidly obese <laughs> um you know, I'm not fat shaming Garfield. He brings it on himself and he makes money off it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's like you. Well, I know the, and the yeah. jumble. That's that's all about crime. If you really look at it, all of them are horrible based on brutal murders. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Wow. And if you can solve enough of the jumbles, you can solve the murders. Oh. And then you like send that into the police. And then they can, uh, they can, they can solve the crime. Oh, okay. Good to, good to know that. I have, I'm a regular jumble. Doer. You know what? I just want to say one thing. Please say the thing that you're I guess, say. I guess because Netflix has The Last Jedi on it now. I noticed the other day. Okay. Which I'm kind of excited about. Cause so I this is the end then. What do you That's mean? The Last Jedi. Yeah. And they're done now with all they're Star done. Wars no, movies. No more Star Wars movies. But wait a second. I just watched Solo. How is that? Uh, oh, there's no Jedi in that one. There's no Jedi. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last one that's got Jedi This is the last it. one with Jedi. And so from this point on, it's all see. Sith. No. No Jedi at all. Because Sith are also Jedi, right? Are Sith Jedi? Aren't they? But they're all like, they're usually the Force. I or, thought, or Jedi, I thought, I, or Jedi the good side and then Sith yeah, the I think, side. Yeah, oh, I think okay. they're the opposite. So there's all Sith. Yeah, that's right. It's like saying, are the Allies also Nazis? No, they're not. Well, when you get down to it. Oh, um, really? Interesting. Controversial. <laughs> you know what? There's good people on both sides. Let's just admit that. <laughs> Fine people. Fine let's, people on let's both sides. Let's admit that. Uh, I so guess because it's come out, yeah. my YouTube feed suddenly like took off. Into a bunch of Last Jedi stuff. I don't know why. Like it's been it's been a year since the movie came out. I guess around that. So you that want to spoil it for people? Is this where you're going? No, I just it suddenly it was full of people hating the Last Jedi. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that this was like a cottage industry that has grown up around the movie. I was surprised about when I went on the Electric Playground, uh, and yeah, I I got that from like Victor Lucas that he didn't, and he's usually very pro almost yeah, all this yeah. stuff, but yeah, he did not uh, care for. He had problems with it. He had uh, he he liked parts of it, but he had problems with it. Okay, yeah. well, you know what? If I was Victor Lucas, yeah, I would just get off of that that team as quick as he can and just admit that it's a fucking good movie. Oh, get out, get your head out of your ass. 
So what do because, you think? What do you think their problem is, and what? Uh, what why well, okay, I don't want to say I don't want to use Victor Lucas as an example. No, I'm sure not. because I'm sure that he has legitimate get him on story, the show. story reasons for not and not enjoying it. I don't want to lump him in with this group, this gang of people that I started because I was curious. I was like, you know, I enjoyed hey, the movie. fellas. What's up? Yeah, I enjoyed. <laughs> the, I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Why do you hate it? Sure, I'll watch this video. This guy will tell me why he hated this movie. I guess I watched about five minutes of this video. I got past the fact that Laura Dern's character was a, a feminist, something or other. I can't remember called her, like a feminist icon or something like that, or feminist thing. And I was like, okay. And no and no, a, no, general would have hair like that. I saw one that said that. I was like, did you see Princess Leia's hair in the yeah, first movie? Hair yeah. is almost crazy. Yeah, that's part of the fun of the characters is having fun. Yeah, crazy hair. It's fine. Uh, okay, but continue. She's a middle-aged lady. They all yeah. want to dye their hair crazy colors. Sure. It's like men want to like get a young girlfriend and a, and a sports car, and women want to have their hair turn purple. Yeah, it's also space. There's yeah. like a guy who's a fish. <laughs> sure. What's it matter what her hair's purple? Like no one's going to notice that. There's a guy who's a fish over there. There's a guy who's a fish. Not just that he's a fish. His race name has calamari in it. And I'll say this: this was something I saw over and over again, which was species, I guess. You know how it was awful that her story arc should have been Admiral Akbar's story arc. No. And I'm like, no. God bless, <laughs> but no. <laughs> It's like, but no, it'd be the perfect story arc for him. No. Because, you know, he stands up to him and does all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You can either have Laura Dern. Yeah. Or. <laughs> no. It's a trap. Yeah, no. He's a meme. He's not a real, he's not a real character. Yeah, but he's a yelly fish man. <laughs> no, he's not your, he's not so, third on the call sheet, yelly fish man. So I got past that. Okay. I got past that. Then he starts talking about Rose. And okay. This is going to be offensive, everyone. It's going to be very offensive. He says, this is Rose. He calls her a fat Asian bitch. And I was just like, no. Like, whether your arguments are sound or not, you have just made your arguments unsound. If this is your approach to humans, then you have you have no arguments. Yeah. So I fare thee well, sir. I'm not going to turn off your video. I was willing to watch it. I was going to get past your feminist thing. Apparently, that's a problem. I don't know why. But I'm not going down that road. Like, if this is people's reason for not liking a movie is that it has other other races in a movie, like, this is the reason to not that everyone's hating Last Jedi? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch other ones. I was just kind of like, I don't want to go down this. Like, why do I want to watch people talk about this? This is terrible. Like, yeah. this was a, a great film. This was a, a heartfelt movie. This was a movie full of great story arcs and sure there's a part of the film i didn't think was great i thought they could have done a little better yeah casino scene yeah it's terrible yeah but outside of that the rest of the film was great right you know like the porgs were fun and it was fun that they did that because they needed a way to hide puffins on the island and so they created little creatures that would take their place in the in the in the, in the film and i think that's great that's a great idea like and then people were talking about how, like, the jokes didn't land, the jokes weren't good. And I was just like, the jokes weren't good? What about when the rock falls on the hill and smashes the barrel for those little creatures that look after the island? That's great. That's a hilarious joke. Like, yep. they're constant frustration. Well, you can't argue with jokes. Like, if a joke doesn't land for you, yeah. then a joke doesn't land for you. But so to, you say, go, like, but to say all of them are bad, like, that just feels like you're just, for you. yeah, all right, you're fair just enough. being rhetorical by that point. Like, I, I just, 
I don't I think understand. a lot. I think what people had a, a movie in their head that they wanted to see. Then when they went to it, it wasn't that movie. They yeah. wanted to see the adventures of Luke Skywalker. Mm. They want to see Luke Skywalker go on a journey and do some stuff. And and the the filmmaker decided, I'm going to take your expectations. I'm yeah. going to flip them. Uh, because that's what you do. It's, but it's not just that. He came to a, a character that was already established in the film before that. That he had been isolated mm-hmm. for years in exile on an island and didn't even have his lightsaber with him. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea in the next film is that Ray's going to show up on the island, give the lightsaber to Luke, who's then going to find 20 years of, of out of shape doing nothing but wandering around an island drinking milk and, and getting a fish in some elaborate way that we don't actually see. Because it was too elaborate to worry about. Let's just cut, smash cut to him carrying the fish. We don't need to see how he gets out of the out of the out of the water from a narrow, narrow lid, ledge. Uh, but we just, you know, so we're just going to assume that he's just suddenly like going to like become the the great Luke Skywalker again. He's old and out of practice. So the mo- that's established. He he inherited that character from the film before. He took that in a natural way that the story had already had already established. Like you're going to be mad at him about that. Be mad at J.J. Abrams, not at Ryan. Johnston like that like ah it's so frustrating yeah I mean to me to me it's like they they wanted they wanted the Luke you know arc and all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff as as you remember Luke and my worry they didn't do the thing I was worried about because the thing that the comics do and other things do with with Luke when they talk about in the future is he goes bad he's the bad guy and they got to fight Luke because Luke's now got corrupted by the dark side and to me fuck that then you really have erased like all the three movies yeah, in his yeah, arc, and it's yeah. like you're just going back. The idea that he then becomes the next Yoda that works. For, that works for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the he he won't train you. He's yeah. not going to train you. Get a hell out of here! But yeah. in a different way than Yoda did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then nah, right? I'm gonna all right. Here we go. And then and then that Yoda actually shows up is pretty is pretty great. Yes. And that Yoda's a puppet is pretty great. Oh yeah. Because and that he's a prankster. That's the thing. And though. that he's still he's still goosing. Yeah, yeah. He's still goosing him and, yeah, and, and still enjoying with it. His yeah. And here's the thing. Yeah, people who are who are mad at the movie for shitting on the past, and then you have this movie that actually has him as a puppet and not the embarrass embarrassing hop around like a flea uh, character that was in uh, uh, Attack of the is it Attack of the Clones that he that was one of the movies. With, sure, with yeah. The, with Count uh, uh, Dooku? Yeah, I think so. And then the next one, he fights uh, the Emperor, yeah. And then goes, right. oh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go hide now. Gross. <laughs> yeah, those, those You movies, know what would have been hilarious? Is if really the fight it. with the Emperor was just like the Emperor, and the Emperor's like got his like electric hands. Yeah. And uh, so you cut to the uh, Emperor, and then someone just is throwing a Yoda puppet over and over again at him, and yeah. it's just bouncing off him. It's like, ah! And it's just, it's all practical. But well, he's... What would have been even better is if they had used real puppets and had him fight the electric mayhem. It was electric mayhem. Yeah. That is a good point. Yeah. That would have been way better. Like, I get if you don't like something, and that's fine. Yeah. But to say that it's ruined everything, well, it hasn't. Especially when you've had three prequels. If they didn't ruin everything, then this ain't ruining everything. Mm -hmm. You're fine. The movies you liked, and clearly you like them enough that this bothers you, (laughs) they exist. Yeah. They're still there. If you want it to go in a different direction, there's seriously infinite books and comics that go down that road for you yeah don't worry about it it's there for you you've you've got it uh yeah let's just see where this goes it'll be it'll be it'll be fine you just just relax i mean i don't like uh really any of the prequels i didn't like uh, solo people like solo uh and it's fine it's fine to not like things it's fine there's gonna be a marvel movie that i'm really gonna hate at some point in the future it's fine 
I'll still have the ones I liked. It's still going to be fine. Yeah. I didn't like... Uh, oh, okay, here we go. I didn't like Iron Fist. Oh, is everything ruined for me now? No, it's fine. <laughs> Does he show up in the new Luke Cage? Yeah, how is he? He's pretty good. Is that it's right? Fun. Yeah, he's really... He's actually quite good. It's one of the best episodes. Huh. I'm like, oh, I like him now. But, oh, but The Defenders was bad. Yeah, it's but fine. The, but The Defenders wasn't bad because of The Defenders. The Defenders was bad because the people telling the story didn't know how to, to tell a story. True. That's what made that movie... Or made that series bad. Yes. You know. And it was not good. And, and that's the same with But it doesn't Fist. ruin everything because then the next thing can be something you <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. And we're we're still moving sure. forward and it's all right. That's the thing. Like I was thinking about this the other day. Like I, I am less because uh I put down the trailer for Ant Man and Wa and Wasp Woman. Because I didn't <laughs> I just I didn't like it. And I saw it and I just thought it's not funny. Okay. I'm trying to be funny, it's not funny. All right. The action looks terrible. I disagree, but okay, go ahead. Because the action in it is animated and I don't I don't like that. And I was thinking, you like a practical ad. Yeah, I was okay. thinking, why do I like Captain America the most of all all of the films? Because it's someone someone in a suit fighting another guy in a suit with some help of wire work and some help of CGI. Sure. Yeah, but it's mostly actual stuntmen fighting each other in really well shot, well choreographed action sequences. And let me throw one other thing in there that uh, I watched it the other day. Uh, watch what, sorry? I watched uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Is this ah, what we're talking about? Such a good movie. Okay. Here's, the, here's why I think that one of the one, a little hidden thing, the Foley work is amazing. Mm. The sounds You're are right. great. You're right. His, You're like, right. Uh, metal hand hitting shield, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, or like the, the fight in the elevator. Just, yes. oh, dude, yeah, 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 clink, yeah. clunk, tink, tonk, dunk. It's great. <laughs> It's yeah, great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't get that in a trailer because it's you got music playing over the top of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it says part of it. Whereas when I watch the Ant Man dink, one, dunk, dunk. I'm watching it. I'm like, I was just thinking to myself, I'm actually not seeing anyone acting here. I'm just seeing like him pushing a truck. That's 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 animated him. It's not a real him. When Wasp is f flipping in and out of a car and suddenly zipping it into full size sure. into people. Once again, it's just an animated her. It's not actually the actress doing those things. Mm -hmm. And I'm just I'm watching. I'm just like, well. I saw the Incredibles too. I don't. I saw the animated superheroes. I don't need to see them again. So, so it works for you when it's like a full animated thing, but it doesn't work for you when it's like yeah. goes from a uh, person to animated. Mm, yeah, I mean, it I, looks like you know, it's it feels like uh, uh, the old timey way. It would be was like in the old Superman serials where it would be uh, uh, Kirk, Kirk Allen, Allen, Kirk Allen, okay. Kirk Allen. That's Kirk, right. Kirk and Allen. it would be like. Up, up, and away! And then you just turn into animation and you fly. That would be like d that direct immediate shift. And, yeah, and even yeah. that doesn't bother me. Mm. So I don't have as much of a, a beef yeah, well, that with that doesn't, situation. It doesn't bother me there either. I just feel like, you know, like action scenes and stuff like that, like, you know, you could just have um, the actor yeah. who plays Ant-Man. You could have him. His name is... Paul Ruddington. Paul, Paul Ruddington III. Paul he, Ruddington Bear. He could, he could be pushing, like, a small truck... Yeah, they could film them doing that. They don't need to like animate the entire thing. Like, I just feel like it takes away the actors acting. You know, like the actors not acting anymore. It's just, it's some someone else acting for the actor. Did you think it worked in Civil War in the airport fight scene where he was doing? Yeah, a bunch I didn't. Of... I didn't like that scene. Okay, as much as the other parts of the film. Like I thought that scene was okay, but I had some problems with it. One is that it takes place in too big an area. Mm -hmm. So it just feels like what's happening. It, there's no need for it because everyone could really just run away from each other. There's no need to actually, to actually go, have combat. You know, like we have lots of room. We could try and counter each other, and you know, it just seems like. What I assume silly. with Ant Man is that I mean, when he gets oh, really ahead. big, it's exciting. Yeah, 
and I didn't hate it. I shouldn't say I hated that scene, but I just didn't. It like was just the... an interesting idea. It mm-hmm. changed. It changed the scale. Well, yeah. Physically, it changed the scale, yeah. but also made it and a very. Went, it, it was a very different fight. And it was like, oh, yeah. what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Okay, now he's just grabbing a guy and throwing a guy. It's like, oh, that's. Oh, this is new. It mm-hmm. feels new. Yeah. All right. Instead of just people running at each other and yeah, pop, yeah. pop, pop, slap, 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 slap. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And again, I uh, haven't seen it yet, so who knows. But I'm pretty sure that the movie will have a lot of elements in it that are not in the trailer. Yeah. That they're not spoiling. There'll be I'm like glad. some sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm glad. We haven't seen a lot of fights with the villain. We haven't yeah, seen what true. the villain really does. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm maybe, sure yeah. Maybe I'll be like, well, maybe that's, that's good. They There's a major character it. as well that's not in the trailer at all. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, um. Don't tell me who, because I do not know anything about it. Well, you saw the first movie, so you've seen the character. Um. Okay, there we go. Uh, so do you do you want me to say anything, or do you want to not? I'm kind of guessing he's a, another Avenger. But... No, 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 no. Oh. It's uh, it's like off the top uh, of the of the first one. You saw like Ant Man and, and the original Wasp were there, and then uh, the original Wasp is lost. Oh yes, okay. Sorry. So we haven't seen that haven't wasp seen that at wasp. all. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So I'm sure there's going to be flashback scenes. There's mm. going to be thing things. Sure. There's okay. definitely that's going to be an emotional arc. And we have seen nothing of that in the trailer. Okay. Which seems to be what the Marvel movies do is they go, we're going to give you this, but we're not going to tell you what the movie's really about. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Guardians of the Galaxy. We're not going to tell you what it's really about, mm. but it's going to be and enjoy and hear some jokes and, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. have, have at it. And we'll probably change those lines when we actually do the movie, but enjoy, enjoy these in the meantime. Despite what I say, I, I will be seeing the movie this weekend. Yep. Because that's who I am. A sucker. It's the first movie where they do the DC thing. Uh, or the DC thing that they, they had when I was like starting off with comics was you'd, uh, you'd go like, Oh, uh, this, I'm reading this Green Lantern comic. You know, he wasn't the first Green Lantern. What? There was a Green Lantern before and that was oh, like okay. on another earth. And then, you know, this, Oh, okay. And this is the first Marvel character with Ant-Man who is kind of a legacy hero who's the second version mm-hmm. of, uh, right. of someone who was mm-hmm. around before. And that's a real DC thing, but not a Marvel thing. So we'll see if they do anything with that. It's an interesting dynamic of like, you're not the first Captain America. You're yeah. not the first Hulk. Yeah. What do you do if you're clearly the second best person to have had this name? And uh, and what's the, what's that do to you? Huh. Yeah. It's uh, kind of neat. And I like a Paul Rudd. I do too. I like an Evangeline Lilly. I root for her because she's a Vancouver uh, person. Okay. She was on Victor Lucas's show, tying all that back together back in the day. Huh. She used to be uh, the demoer okay. for... Um, uh, different products. She would do the gestures. I point see. to them. Okay. Yes. Huh. Something you would not have nowadays, but that's what she did then. That's too bad they've taken away employment for people. There was a there was a thing that uh, I thought LiveLinks did, which was like, hey, screw you. Uh, <laughs> where she was, uh, she used to be on LiveLinks commercials. Did you know that? No. She was on LiveLinks commercials going what like, is that? What is LiveLinks? Uh, LiveLinks is one of those uh, chat lines where oh, uh, call gosh. us up and okay. uh, you'll talk to a girl and you'll meet people. And you will, but there'll probably be some fake people on there too. So uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's Saturday night and I just I just like relaxing with LiveLinks. And, yeah. you know, those ads would be on at like two in the morning. It's only 99 cents an hour. Yeah. It was whatever it was, you know, however long it takes you to masturbate, whatever it is. So uh, it was it was those things like, very good. You're doing the job a lot. There we go. That would have been very cheap for me. <laughs> okay, good. Well, penny saved. Penny burned. Um, yeah, all right. I really don't like where this has gone. But, uh, okay, so so when she started Obvious? to get 
more work, mm-hmm. and then she 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 got work in uh, was it the, was it The Hobbit? Is that what she was in? Yeah, it's terrible. It was That's terrible, true. but true. good for her having a part in that. Good for her having a terrible part yeah. in that terrible movie. Not not terrible she, series of movies. She didn't she didn't write it. She didn't write it. It's fine. She's there. Okay, but she danced on the corpse of the Hobbit. That's but true. But before the Hobbit movie, yep. they ran an ad for Live Links, and it was her ad for Live Links, and it was and it said beforehand like you know before she was in the Hobbit. And then, and then they play a live links ad and it's live links. And it's like, Hey, live links, fuck off. <laughs> First of all, live links, we don't need you before, yeah. uh, an all ages movie. Yeah. Uh, also kind of a dink. It's kind of like the ex-boyfriend going like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? I slept with her. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That's what I, she was my girlfriend back in the day. Yeah. It was our, it's like, you know what? Just, just be cool. Live it links. Does, it does feel kind of weird that you're trying to like, are you really expecting like ethics from live links? Like you're disappointed that they behave in a, in a slimy way? Yes. I can't believe live links, a company that exploits peop- lonely people nah. and takes money out of their pockets to, for them to talk to, to bots or to, to paid actors yeah. or actresses. Uh, I can't believe they'd be. But uh, you've made your money already, ethical. live links. You know what? You know what? Put this ad, put your ads There's back. Never on. enough money. Here's what you do. Put your ads back on at two in the morning, live links. Mm. That's fine. Okay. You're still doing live links and everyone. Is yeah. that her? Yes, it is. But don't put it right before her movie. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, oh, hey, she's graduating from college, but let's run this ad first. Yeah. Hey, remember when she was, she uses this before, guys. Check it out. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's that mean? Knock it off. So live, live links make sense. Like when you think of what they're prompt, like a lot. Not, not anymore, human, but it was once upon a time. Human people linking to each other. But what does lava life mean? Like, what is that? What does that p- bring? It's up people that are attracted to volcanoes and want to have sex with volcanoes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's people that want that to make is... love to volcanoes. Okay, well, that is a larger segment of the population than I would have. thought. Why do you think there were so many volcano movies like in the uh, late nineties? There is two. Yeah, there was Dante's Peak. Yep. And there was a volcano fucker. <laughs> I didn't know it was called that. Yeah, I saw the censored version. I guess that was my problem. There's a lot of my people bad. that are seeing what's going on in Hawaii right now and just going, "Ooh, I wish I could get some of that." What is Lava Life? Sorry, I'm not. I'm it was not the same really... thing as Live Links. It was a it was a chat chat thing, a chat service. Very good. I know that because my brother uh, phoned me one time and he's like, "Dave, here's the promo code. I want you to get a I want you to get a membership with this, so then I can use your name to get more more time on the thing." <laughs> and my response was, "No." Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. That was it. That's also nice, like when your wife sees that. I did a real and just Seinfeld. like that you're like uh, real doing Sein- a real uh, oh, no. chat line. That'd be great. I, I totally saw about it, and her response was, "No." No, yeah. we're not going to have a. Oop! That just means that my parking has, has ten minutes away from running out. Okay. Well, we'll take uh, we'll take a break in a little bit for, and you'll queue up all your music and whatnot. Um. Uh. Yeah. I I feel like Live Links Day has to be done by oh, now. I would think so because of the land of Tinder. I would think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Although you just have to I swipe mean, now and meet someone, and maybe it's all fine. maybe Live Links as being like the sort of rundown, you know, thing is. Is better than Tinder because it's, you know, people, it's got like diehards that are there who actually, you know, are trying to actually meet each other. Whereas Tinder oh, no, feels like a be, lot of, yeah. Tinder's also pretty botty and, you know, not very, uh, not very helpful. It started up after I was out of everything. So yeah, I, I don't, no, I do not know. I had to, we had Life Links was the kind of thing that was around when I was single, but definitely it's not a thing that you would use for those purposes, mm-hmm. even though they say those are the purposes you would use it for. Yep. No. I I, well, I did it the hard way. I got you know I went on dates the hard way. I had to sit at a, at a table with with a good looking woman until she finally like made an obvious 
sign that she liked me, and then I, then I. Like, you would slide that paper going. I, Do you like me? Check box one. The, yes. The, the box night. two. No. Then I like kind of strung her along for a year. You know, not intentionally, but I just I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand. I had no idea. Well, how old were you at the time? Twenty. Yeah, you're dumb. That's the Cer- age where you're dumb. Certainly was. That's my excuse. I was dumb. This is a weird thing. Like my uh, my my nephew is turning sixteen this week. Oof. And uh, looking forward to seeing him. No idea what to get for him for a birthday. Who knows? Sixteen candles. Sure. Get in the movie Sixteen Candles. No, just 16. see how out of date this is. Sixteen candles. Wait, does that one have uh, Long Duck yep. Dong in it? Yep. Well, I think we established that with James. Okay. Well, seeing as how uh, the family is a you know a Asian background, no, they would probably find it hilarious. You know what? If you can't laugh at yourself, oh, laugh, at laugh at others. That's what that's what they say. <laughs> who can you laugh at if you can't laugh at yourself? But there's a bit of me that just wants to say to him, and of course he will not understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, these are dumb years. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. going to be fine. Just try to be nice, and uh, yeah. it's going to be okay. You know, I know. I know everything right now seems like it's hyper real. Like everything's just coming to HD, yeah. and everyone's telling you your future, your future. If you get a B, you'll. Die! You'll be a homeless man, hobo town. <laughs> you know, immediately if you if you don't succeed at everything right now, and it's that kind of pressure. Yeah, yeah. And you just want to just uh, go. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Just you know, be nice, be be kind. <laughs> All these kind of things. Rewind. I'm just wishing. I'm wishing him. I'm wishing him the best. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. uh, and hoping for the best. I just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it's like being a teenager now. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know he's got. Uh, I know he's got like an Instagram account, and occasionally I'll see what he posts on the Instagram, and I don't. I don't want to laugh, but it's it's funny. <laughs> you know, it's these cool pictures, and you mm. and you just want to say to him, okay, here's here's one thing that you're gonna that's gonna be totally true. Five years from now, yeah, whatever you post will be the most embarrassing thing. Yes, you will ever. See. You will just be white hot embarrassed. Mm. That doesn't matter. Like you think, like this is the best shirt you've ever had. It's the coolest post. It's the best lighting. You couldn't look better. You're super great. Five years from now, you just will think you look like a goddamn idiot, (laughs) and it's fine. And then, like ten years from now, you'll think that five years before you look like an idiot. And the and but the but you as a teenager will be like, oh, that's okay. That's adorable. And then later on, you'll be like totally okay with all of it, and it'll be like, oh, that was just back then. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, Wasn't that bad? What yeah, was I thinking. Yeah, you're, you're you got this little pocket window of humiliation that's going to be coming up <laughs> real soon. Yeah, bless. Yeah, just just be nice. Maybe just, just be give, nice. Give him a card and just write it. It's okay. I want to kind of do that. Yeah, yeah it's okay. normally normally I, I send I give him some sort of joke card because it was great. Like in past years, he would he would always have the other cards which he had to read first, which was like they'd say, "What's it say?" Says everyone. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, from your uh, grandpa and grandma. Uh, best in the future. You're the brightest yeah. star in the galaxy. Yeah. And then uh, I would uh, I, I would always have one where it's just like, hey, Kyle, don't read this out loud because you'll have to say the word fart in front of everybody and it'll be embarrassing. Again, don't read this out loud. And he would just read it out loud. It would be so good. Like whatever it was, it was so beautiful because he would read it out loud and yeah. then realize what he was reading and yeah. it would just crack him up and it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so it's got to be something. Do you feel like those days are ending pretty soon? I think he you might ha- be too cool. For you school. have well. I def. Here's the thing. Every time that I go to see him now, there's the you know the there's the initial saunter out of the room. Hey, what's up? And I give him like the the handshake, and it's like go into the go into the hug. Yeah, it's a cool hug. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's cool. So we're cool. And sometimes it's like 
you know, I have to go, you know, I'm, I'm told to go into his room and just hang out there. And it's like, so what's up? What's up? It's that, it's that stuff. But, you know, about an hour deep. Yeah. It's fine. And, you know, he's sitting next to me and we're goofing around and it's all fine. Like that all, that, that shit all just falls away and it's, it's, it's all fine. I don't know if oh. that'll keep going on or not, but like the, 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 the cool yeah. gets boring. Yeah, it's yeah. too hard to keep it up. Sure. And then, you know, I'll yeah. do something where I'll bring a bunch of fake mustaches and we'll all put them on and it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just keep, just stay connected and it'll come around again. Yeah. I don't want to say what he posted because I'll, sh- I'll show it to you because it was ridiculous and, mm. and hilarious. But it was like a cool pose and it was this really cool quote that made no sense underneath yeah it was just like yeah all right yeah yeah uh but then he did a similar pose but he snapchat filtered it where he had like a dog nose and ears okay and it was like all right it's fine everything's cool (laughs) that's good all right this is the one you're not going to be embarrassed about keep it uh, real keep it real yeah but he's great they're all they're all great and i'm looking forward to seeing them even though oh aging what the heck come on kids there's no need for this Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that when I had children that I created little uh, gauges that would tell me how old I was getting. <laughs> you know, you just can't. Like, you can't pretend that it's not happening to you, or that mm-hmm. there's some sort of bubble where you exist without without any without any aging in it at all. You just suddenly realize, oh my gosh, oh, that's why my my shoulders so sore. I'm old. Wow. Oh, yep. Darn. Still pretty good to be. Beats the alternative, everyone. Yeah, it's also pretty good. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't give up like, uh, I wouldn't g- give up like, you know, I wouldn't want to be 20 years dumber and, and get the 20 year old, uh, 20, 20 years ago body back. I don't think that'd be a good trade. <laughs> I'm still fine with, uh, with how things are going. I think it's, I, th- I still think I'm getting a pretty good deal on the way things are. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm okay with it. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yep. Okay, and, so oh, oh, sorry. No, wait, what, what were you going to say? What? Yeah, it's happening. Dave, yeah, Welcome well, back organized. to Dave plays the hits. Dave plays the hits. Now, exactly. what we've been doing on the show for the last couple of weeks, uh, you guys have been uh, writing in uh, your a theme uh, for music. David uh, says, "What do you mean?" <laughs> uh, you then go, "Oh, a song like this." David goes, "I can top that," and I would, uh, I would never say top that out loud. Oh, it's a siren again. Yeah. Again, hope everyone's okay. Uh, and then Dave does five songs. He says five songs. God, he's a liar. <laughs> uh, but he says five songs uh, based on that uh, theme. And we've been doing that every other week in alternated weeks because we're also doing the other podcast. Did I mention Full Marks yet? Oh, uh, Full Marks. So what just, is it? What's, what's Full Marks? Uh, Full Marks is uh, the podcast we do that people are now reviewing on iTunes, which has been nice. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, it's been very nice. Thanks, everyone. Um, so, so, David... Yes. If, I, if it's not too personal a question, what the fuck are we doing this week? <laughs> well, What's the well, theme, man? The theme. What the hell? This week's theme was uh, sent to us by. Sorry for all the cussing, everybody. Yeah, Jesus. This week's theme was uh, sent to us by uh, a listener. Good. Named Thomas oh. Calloway. Hmm. Sounds fake. He might be. Sounds like a 1960s I name. Someone who would like rob uh, the mint. Hmm. Who robbed the mint? Thomas Calloway. And then what happened? He got into a helicopter and flew off. No yeah. one ever saw him again. No one saw him again. Yeah, the, the hunt for Thomas Calloway was like a series <laughs> of books in the 70s. <laughs> the Thomas Calloway Affair. Yep. Love that movie. Uh, well, okay, well, this, this bot wrote in and sure. said, uh, Dear All Dave. All hail Trump. <laughs> Dear Dave, I would like to submit a theme for one of your top five song list things. Oh, God, I can't wait to hear it. The theme being mm-hmm. satirical sports songs. <laughs> For example, what? <laughs> Listen, you could have said, Ian, I'm going to give you 47 and a half hours to guess what this will be. And I would not have come up with satirical sports songs. Well, someone did. Satirical okay. sports songs, for example, 
Sports Go Sports by Garfunkel and Oates. Which I like very much. It's a good song. Yeah. You could have also said Yay Sports by uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Lonely Island also has a similar song. Yes. So I think we just covered all three of the satirical sports songs that are available for the general public to listen to. I don't actually like... I don't like... Here's the thing. This is what people understand my You my, hate my laughter. Not that I hate laughter. I just... I don't really enjoy uh, comedy songs unless the song is good. Like, I don't like a song just because it's funny. Okay. Like, you could play me a funny song and I'd be like, yeah, it's all right, but it's not a very good song. Okay. So, I've never... Uh, Go Sports... Or sorry, Go Sports... Or Sports Go Sports right. is funny. It's a funny song. Yeah. It's a song written by people who don't like sports, and they're, t- they're letting us know. That <laughs> or they like cheerleading, sports, and they want to do a cheerleading Sports song. are dumb. That's what they're telling us. I don't know if we say, okay, thanks for that. And the Weird Al Yankovic one? Someone, but once again, written by someone who doesn't really like sports very much. Now, here's a little bit of trivia yeah. for you on that. Sure. The person who directed the video on that mm-hmm. uh, was someone that was discovered on Street Sense by our friend who has never been on the show. Okay. Uh, Roger. Yep. And uh, a friend who has been on the show, Louise. Okay. And that person who was discovered for Street Sense was Andrew Bush. I see. And then uh, later on, I was writing for the show, and I went, this guy's good. Let's write more for him. Okay. Uh, he later went on to be in a group called Picnic Face. Uh, uh, d- uh, directed a Picnic Face movie, which, boy, howdy, I would... Roller Town. This is going to say. That I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, and directed the Weird Al Yankovic video. Oh, so nice. So that nice. is uh, the connection cool. I have to that. Cool. So, my feeling about this was, I was two minds. One is, I, I like sports. Okay. And I understand why people don't like sports. That's fine. You can satirize something while still liking the, it. The problem is, is for songwriters, unless they really hate sports, I don't feel like it's a subject that people want, like, people want to talk about very much. Like, they're just not, not writing songs like, how much I hate baseball. The people are going to write about baseball, they're writing about how much they love baseball. Because they love something, and so they want to talk about it. It's very rare that people are so moved by something that, song-wise, that they just want to hate on it. And it's songs that you hate on things aren't really like very common, and they're not really great songs in most most times. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like, do you think though he asked for satirical songs, yeah. which isn't necessarily hate. No, you can satirize things that yeah, you don't I necessarily guess. hate. I guess. Okay. So I tried to find songs that I like. That's the main thing is I have to like the song. All right. I could find lot. I could find lots of punk rock songs that hate jocks, but I don't really like punk rock music about songs that hate jocks because then they're not really great songs. They don't All really right. they don't really speak to me. So those songs, as much as when I was a young man and 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 listened to punk rock music, I also hated jocks because they would come and they would make uh the uh where you slam dance really dangerous because mm. they would like to be very physical and not just push, but get very physical and a lot of punching and fighting and stuff like that and there was that guy with the pink mohawk that spider-man had to beat up over and over again in the comics mm. he was always mugging somebody with his uh, switchblade punky oh punky 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 bladington <laughs> punky, punky. so what you're saying is yep thomas calloway yeah i am not doing your suggestion no i did them and you can go to hell i did them but i had to kind of i had to kind of tweak it a little bit because not every song is about hating sports again it's not satire isn't hate i know but it's not, it's a not satirist, always sad it's not always it's satirizing. not about hate okay i should say that it's not always satirizing it they have a slight bit of fun with them i guess okay it was a good it was a good excuse for me though to to do another fall song because i love the fall the band the fall i also love the season to be honest with you it's right. my, my favorite season you like the fall of rome i am a huge fan of the fall of rome <laughs> it's really great i think that's when you get your best your best emperors during <laughs> yep. the fall of rome sure hadrian Pretty awesome. Yeah, he was awesome a emperor. He was, he was a collider with other emperors. 
You're thinking of Hadron. Apologies. Yeah. Hadrian was different. Uh, Hadrian was his brother and was a pretty great emperor. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. During the during the uh, during the Another fall of uh, Rome. Yeah. Uh, the emperor was there yelling Hadrian at the end, and <laughs> Hadrian came up and then went. Now you're the emperor, and Yo. that's how they exchanged powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what, Dave? We're having a good time. <laughs> you know what we're doing? We are satirizing the Roman Empire, and yet there is no hate. <laughs> that's true. That's true. As a person who's writing currently for Mad Magazine, mm-hmm. I don't hate the things I'm satirizing. I shouldn't say that you hate it. I'm, but I feel like. Ah, let's, let's, let's... You're saying haters be hatin'. Haters be hatin'. Let's listen to some songs. Sounds good. That have a bit of fun with sports. Number one! Number one... In no particular order. ...is The Fall. A band I really like, and I will admit are an acquired taste, or even a taste of a very small amount of people in the world, and that's okay. Okay. It's okay if you don't like them. I really like them a lot. All right. Uh, I think Marky Smith was, was great. Great fun. I would never have wanted to know him personally, but that's Okay. You can you can you can have heroes, but not, not like them. Okay. That's okay. Like uh, Batman. Like Batman. Like Dave Sim. You don't have to like the person. Right. You just have to like what they do, to a point. Then you stop. You say, "This is where I this is where I draw a line." I had I had a sorry sorry to tangent because that's also part sure. of this show. I was I had a meeting this morning. Mm-hmm. And it was a fellow who was just coming from a bit of eye surgery. Yeah. And he was telling me about his eye surgery while we were eating pie, which yeah. is not great. Uh, but still, it was like fine. We we talked about eye surgery, okay. and he went like, "Hey, remember when Dave Sim had eye surgery? And then there was all these like eye things that were in Cerebus. Like Cerebus had like eye problems That's for right. like a couple of issues. Yeah, he had eye it was patch. all based yeah. on uh, on his eye surgery. Mm-hmm. So it was like those are the eye surgery issues. Interesting. And it it did put me off a little bit of my key lime pie. <laughs> but back to the fall, because oh, so uh, Marky Smith, being a British a British fellow, a British boy, grew up loving. He grew. He he lived near Manchester, not in Manchester, but he was of Manchester. So I don't think he's a fan of Manchester, right? Because there's United, and then there's City. There's two soccer teams. Okay, very good. There's Man U, which are very very po- like very well known and popular, absolutely, and well loved by people who don't live in Manchester. Okay. And then there's Man City, which is a different team, not as good, but a kind of beloved team. And Marky Smith felt. Like, uh, soccer was being taken away from the working class and, you know, it was getting too expensive. It, the games, the nature of the game was changing. The, the, the nature of the teams were changing. And what was once a fun, you know, thing that you could follow, you could be part of a club, you could be, you had your team, you had your scarf, you went to the games, you, ch- you did your chants, you did your, or, you know, whatever they would do. I don't think they did chants. They weren't Buddhist monks, but they would, you know, do their, they'd sing their songs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, and say, easy, 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 easy. <laughs> whatever, you know, there are little things they would do to, sure. to bug other teams. Does you know, that count fun. as the first song? No. I okay. <laughs> so he wrote a song called Kicker Conspiracy, written in the All peculiar right. patois of, uh, of Marky Smith, talking about the uh, collapse of, of soccer for, not the collapse of soccer, but the, the end of soccer as something that he could enjoy. And, and, and this is a song talking about various uh, football co- uh, personalities and football louts. And here we go. All, All right. right. Kicker Conspiracy. This was not on an album. It was just a single at the time. And uh, here we go. Kicker! Kick Conspiracy! Kicker! Kick Conspiracy! J-Hells! Panic Wake! A Slickers! King of Team! Kicker! Kick Conspiracy! Kicker! Kick Conspiracy in the Marble Halls of the Charm School! Half Lab! 
You know what that made me think of? <laughs> By very good, you mean, I don't know what you see in that, Dave. No, 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 it's fine. Here's here's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. It was like uh, it was like the band was trying to play Blister in the Sun. Okay. And then a football fan got up <laughs> and just started like dancing in front of them. And they were like waiting until he left so they could mm. actually get into playing the song. Yeah. And then, and then by the end of it, they're like, well, we're never going to get to play this song. Yeah. And then someone threw a harmonica on stage and he just picked <laughs> up and just started playing the harmonica and they ended the song. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. It was, uh, that album, I think that was done around the time of Room to Live, which was an interesting album because he basically, uh, 
called the called the band to come in and do the sessions, but they didn't know the songs, and they just did all the songs uh, off the t- like just like he would just give them the, the the changes, and then they had to perform the songs, and that was it. They oh wow, okay. So yeah, it was. Uh, it's a very interesting and rough album, and all the songs are much better in the Peel Sessions versions than they are in the album versions. But I still like the album a lot. It has very lots good. of good songs on it, uh, and this song came out of that those sessions and it, was it wasn't on the album kicker conspiracy the song is called kicker conspiracy Very yes good. yes and it's yes full of marky smith's curious way of of speaking uh which i think he would like take write down like a block of ideas and then he would like take phrases out of it and then make that the song so a lot of the things feel kind of mm. unconnected disconnected okay because he disconnected them from the original, he would just pare it down into like the, the kind of essence of things that he wanted to say, you know. So yeah, but I I really like uh, the fall. I think they're very good and very good through the years because basically he was the one thing that was constant about the fall. The band changed over time, constantly changed over time, uh, even right to the very end. People came and went. You do not have to defend the fall to me. Okay, all right. I'm not defending. I just talking about number. Two. Number two. Number two is in no way. A number two. S- it's actually number four. I don't even know if this it's is a satirical a, it's song. It's been a twist we put on this. This song is a bit of a novelty number. All right. It was written by uh, a writer, a music uh, songwriter I like a lot, whose name was David Frischberg, uh, and he wrote a lot. He wrote. He kind of wrote in the uh, supper club jazz style, I guess you could call it. Uh, he wrote a lot of songs for Blossom Deary. Including in what, in what era are we talking? Uh, 60s, 70s. All right, sounds probably all right. worked in the 50s and 60s, but he kind of more came to to attention in the six, late 60s, 70s. All right, did a song called "Peel Me a Grape," which uh, Blossom yes. covered, and right. "My Attorney Bernie," stuff like that. It was very good. He also wrote uh, "I'm Just a Bill" for the uh, Schoolhouse Rocks. What a fantastic song that was! It was a good song. So uh, yeah, he's a uh, pretty good. Now this song is called "Van Lingle Mungo." You're just making up that. I am not making that Look, up. You're making it up. And what happened was he I'm wrote. I'm calling you on it. Making it up. He wrote this tune, mm-hmm. and he put about three different sets of lyrics to it, and he couldn't. None of them worked for him, and so just to kind of take clear his mind and kind of take his mind off what he was doing, because that often can let your subconscious work on it, and that's more efficient than struggling. He took down his baseball encyclopedia, and he was just sort of paging through it, and he found the name Van Lingle Mungo, who was a baseball player, was a pitcher. Oh, okay, very good. And. uh he uh, started singing that name into the refrain of the song. And he thought, you know what would be funny? He'd just take a bunch of baseball names and just make a song of them. <laughs> All right. And that's what he did. And so now we're going to play okay. Dave, David Frischberg's Van Lingle Mungo. And I will have a follow-up question when we're done. Sure. Eeny Majeski, Johnny G, Eddie Juiced, Johnny Pesky, Thornton Lee, Danny Gardella, Van Lingo Mungo, Whitey Karowski, Max Lanier, Eddie Waitkus, and Johnny Vandermeer. Bob Estalella, Van Lingo Mungo, Augie Bergamo, Sigmund Jacoki, 
Big Johnny Mize and Barney McCoskey Hal Trotsky Augie Galan and Pinky May Stan Hack and Frenchie Bordegaray Phil Cavaretta, George McQuinn Howard Pollett and Early Wynn Roy Campanella Van Lingomongo Augie Bergamo Sigmund Jakuki Big Johnny Mize and Barney McCoskey Hal Trotsky John Antonelli, Ferris Fane Frankie Crosetti, Johnny Sane Harry Brookine and Le Boudreaux Frankie Gustine and Claude Passo Eddie Basinski, Ernie Lombardi, Huey Mulcahy, Van Lingle, Van Lingle Mungo. Okay, there's a couple of things. One, sure. first, I did like it. Um, I wonder, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, I wonder if you ever performed that live. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of All memorization. The All the time. That's a lot of memorization. Yeah. He actually played it. Oh, it my not, gosh. He, he played it on the Dick Cavett show for Van Lingelmungo. This is what I was going to ask. Van Lingelmungo came did, on the show. What did the baseball players think of this he well he only met van lingle mungo of all of all the players that are named in it yeah and uh mungo asked him he said uh is there any money in this for me and fishberg said if you write a song called david fishberg you'll probably make some money <laughs> so that was his answer but yeah he played it for him on the dick cavett show and uh, i was reading that uh, i guess in 2012 johnny pesky died so there's one person left uh, uh Bizinski, i think his name is the last the last person alive on the list of these Jeez, players. It's a real Deadpool song. Huh? <laughs> it's a real, it's a real Deadpool song. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it was very, uh, that was very charming. It's a nice little gimmick, and uh, it works. I wonder if, like, you didn't know baseball, what you would think the song was about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Thing. If you didn't, uh, I mean, it would be like a good. To be fair, yeah. Besides Roy Campanello, there's no names in there that I recognize. Yeah, it would be interesting. Like, you didn't be... choose like DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle or anyone no, like that. No, They're no, all. No. They're just all interesting names from that time period. It would be a good uh, pub quiz song. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay, so what uh, What do all the lyrics in this song have in common? And yeah, what's, yeah. What's, what's the oh, theme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just go from there and play that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I like it. I do too. So, Canada. Number three. We, ha- uh, we have a national sport in Canada. Yep. And when it is called apologizing. We have an official sport, and we have an unofficial national sport. I apologize for uh, for stepping on your uh, <laughs> thing you're going to say. <laughs> no, it's fine because that is that is the unofficial sport of Canada. Yep. The official sport is lacrosse, and another sport we like in Canada is hockey. We sure do. And uh, there is a there is a monumental. I don't want to call it mon- there is a 
There was like a lightning strike of history moment in Canadian hockey history. Tell me more. 1972. Oh, boy. Paul Henderson. Yes. Scores the winning role, goal against the Russians. It's so good that they named that movie uh, Harry and the Hendersons after him. That's right. That's As how a tribute it is. many years later. Uh, it is a it is a kind of flashpoint moment in Canadian it history. Is. It really is. I don't remember it. I was too young for that myself. I was only would have been six years old. I guess. Yeah. There was happened. a lot of business happening in Canada in the early seventies. That is what we still talk about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A lot of things happen. Yeah. Big things. A lot of big things. Things that happen. when I mention them to American friends of mine, they yeah. go, "That happened." Yeah. Yeah. Well, give me an example. Uh, let's uh, martial law. Okay, yeah, the the uh, FLQ crisis, sure. We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, when did the uh, when did the prime minister's wife start dating Mick Jagger? Yeah, mid seventies, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think like I think it was oh, it might have been Mick Jagger. Yeah. yeah, it was Mick Jagger. When did the prime minister start singing Fiona Boyd, the classical guitarist? I understand that, but listen, God bless Fiona Boyd, but Mick Jagger. <laughs> like just just imagine Fiona Boyd is a lot better looking than Mick Jagger. If and here's the here would be the equivalent. Yeah. If say Melania Trump. Yep. Start to date Mick Jagger. That would be the equivalent <laughs> now. It would be the same age yeah, as the and, and then if that right. point in history where yeah. Melania Trump was dating Mick Jagger, mm-hmm. you weren't even thinking about that because yeah. something happened in sports that was neat. Sure. You're right. But out of so that who, time period... Who were we, who were we fighting? Uh, not fighting, of course not. Sports aren't a fight. It was kind of a fight. It was a yeah. little bit, but who were we up against at that point? We were playing, playing the Russians. Who used to be the bad guys. Who Remember the, that when Russia used to be the bad... Oh, wait still, a minute. Uh, still, yeah, yeah, kind sorry. of. Uh, but at that time, they were like a machine to us. Like We felt oh. like they were not human. They were like robots. Absolutely. Hockey-playing robots who were sent here to just beat our boys. Yeah, they built the robots out of the Iron Curtain. Yeah, and uh, the... the, 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 the the players who played against them in the series, like in those days, hockey was a lot different than like nowadays. Hockey players play it like it's a profession. Okay. In those days, they played it like it was a hobby. I mean, even when uh, second greatest hockey player of all time, Mario Lemieux, uh, would say, and not even joking, when it was time for him to start training, his regimen was to stop eating fries. That yeah. was that's how he got ready for yeah. hockey playing season. Yeah. Like you basically trained. <laughs> You trained. It's you started the training. Of what we do for this podcast. Yes. <laughs> you you would start carb up. <laughs> your training season started when you went into camp, and you mm. would do your your couple weeks of sure. camp before the hockey season started. That's when you started you'd training. Burn the labats out of your system. Yeah, you'd burn the labats out of your system, <laughs> and even the beginning of the hockey season was like that. And so when they had this this uh, playoff against the Russians, the Canadians were in no way ready for this thing. They were out of shape. They were coming out of, you know, they worked, a lot of them like still had jobs outside of hockey. Of they course. worked in mills and stuff of like that. Of course they did. Because you just didn't make professional hockey sure. money at that time. And so, you know, they're coming in to play these Russians who spent all year. Yeah. They were paid this to be hockey players. Do. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they were not ready for this. Russia, yeah. They were, they were caught off guard. And one of the first games I think was here and they, they had a terrible, a terrible game. And it was really, this was like the final game, and it was a real struggle for them, and they really played, they had to play hard, they had to play Canada hockey hard, like cheating hard, like a lot of slashing, and smashing, and breaking of legs, and things like that, to try to, you know, be as good as these guys were. And, yeah, there's this player named Paul Henderson, who was a professional hockey player, he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. An undistinguished career, in every way, except that he scored this amazing goal. That's one thing. The other thing is, hockey in Canada is kind. By the way, put a put a clip of that up if you, if you can sure. on our on our site. It Henderson. won't be hard to find. Yes, yeah, it will be. Uh, 
the other thing about hockey in Canada is that it's really important for the Canadians. Like we love hockey. Yeah, it's our religion. We do. After I would. Religion. I don't know if religion is. Or, yeah, it's a religion after our religions. Yeah. Uh, for me, like as a kid, even as a kid who was sort of indifferent to hockey when I grew up, uh, we still sat in front of the TV uh, at five o'clock. Yeah. On a Saturday night, we would eat our chili that our mom got cooking early in the day, so she could do chores around the house. Yeah. And then dinner was ready at five. Yeah. Had to stop watching uh, the Coyote Roadrunner Hour. Right. Turn it over to, to Channel Three. Da, 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 That's right. The same same theme for da, the da, next da, twenty da, years da, of your da, life. And you sat and you watched da, hockey. Da, da, and da, 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 it was always Toronto, because that's what because we, you know they wouldn't play games from here because they were too on too late. Right. Those games back here once at seven. There'd be ads for craft products. Be as for craft. That's right. It was just like this wonderful Canadian when thing. When company drops by unexpectedly, have mm. cheese whiz. And so many people did. And our lives, you know, were centered around playing street hockey, yep. collecting hockey cards, playing with hockey cards at lunchtime. Like, you know, it's hard to explain. It. I mean, maybe baseball would have this. But I wonder if baseball is no. as, as focused no. as hockey was, you no. know. Yeah. Uh, and so uh it's it's an interesting thing i would say i would say a similar thing would be uh in the uk with uh with with their football with their football yeah. yeah yeah that might be that might be the same hmm. but i wonder if there was a night like there was a night in canada before there was a night in america for for, oh, for yeah, monday yeah. night football there was hockey night in canada which was every saturday every saturday night at five o'clock that's when hockey night in canada started and right. that's when you sat down to have dinner and eat whatever you were making sure. and watch and watch the game with your TV tray. And if you and wanted to go else. outside, the streets were empty. Yeah. There was no one around. No. Oh yeah. It was a different it was this was weird. Yeah, you could go in the streets, you could you mm-hmm. could just practice shooting your guns yeah. down the street and you wouldn't hit anybody, you're fine. Yeah. The closest you could get to it recently would be when Canada played uh the Olympic hockey game in two thousand ten. Sure. And you went outside and that was, the world never felt emptier than during that yeah. that that time. It was really interesting. But there's another hockey. There's another. Way, and sorry. then, and then you get this thing, where when there's a goal, you hear the whole neighborhood scream. Mm. You don't just hear your house. You hear like next door, across yes, the way, and true. it's United. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, insane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Although, once again, when I was young, I was less uh, because the Canucks were fairly new. There were still people who hung on to their original allegiances. So there were Maple Leaf fans and there were Canadians ah. fans because there were only two two teams in Canada yeah. at that time. And so you either like the Leafs or you like the Canadians. So it depends yeah. which way you... If you like the proper spelling of Leaves, then you had to like the Canucks. Because <laughs> this whole Leafs thing, L-E-A-F-S, yes, is bullshit. They weren't plural Leaves. They were plural hockey what players called word. Leafs. Yeah. Uh, so then... here, But there's another institution in Canada. Mm-hmm. A band that everyone loves. I never really liked them that much for a long time because they're so omnipresent. But everyone loves this band. And I'm talking about, Ian? Well, there's a lot of bands that people love. There's only one band that's like an institution in Canada that people are crazy for in Canada. Uh, only in Canada that we don't sh- we don't share them with the rest of the world. Oh, are you are you talking Sloan? Nope. Are you talking Rush? No. Nope. Uh, Bachman Pe- Turner Overdrive. These <laughs> are these are bands that had hits outside of Canada. Okay, so it's someone that we just uh, Trooper. No, once again they had hits outside of Canada. Oh, do Trooper didn't have hits outside of Canada? They did not. Did the they? boys in their bright white sports cars was not a hit outside of Canada? Was it? Gina Vanelli had hits outside of Canada. Trooper had hits outside of Canada. Is it Gina Vanelli? No, it's it's the tragically hip. Oh, okay. The Canadian institution. All right. It's a band that couldn't sell. Well, a, now I feel bad that you set me up with that, and now I feel bad. Why? I would have said Chilliwack. Wait, no, Chilliwack says hits. <laughs> yeah, it's outside of Canada. Yes. Uh, the headpins. 
We're talking the slugs. The hippins aren't big enough, though, to be like. I know. Like, this is the difficult yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, right? Like, the tragically hip are the fantastic. Tra- the tragically right. hip were like a weird band. That, like, once again, I didn't like them very much, but mostly because I lived next door to these really obnoxious people when we lived in our townhouse. Mm-hmm. And they were always, they were either having loud sex against our wall. Okay. Or playing the tragically hip really loudly. And I really didn't enjoy either noise. Let me, let me throw this at you. Yeah. Maybe they weren't having sex against the wall. Hmm. Maybe they were having sex with the wall. Together. Yeah, the just two of dr- them. they call that drywalling. <laughs> you should have said dry humping. Well, that's, uh, the, the drywall aspect doesn't, doesn't enter into <laughs> oh, it. Oh, drywall humping. No, because if I just said dry humping, you'd be going, what do you mean, they're just doing dry uh, humping? Okay, you're right. Let's try that again. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Maybe they weren't having sex against the wall. Oh, what were they doing? Uh, they were uh, doing this thing called wet walling. How's <laughs> that? Does that's that good. work? I like that one. All right. I, I, I approve of your edit. Okay. Um, and now back to the Tragically Hip. So the Tragically Hip, yeah, like they were like this weird band that like sold not a lick across the border. Like, but we unknowing, love them. Unknown. But here oh in Canada, my gosh. could sell out, sell out arenas for three nights. Yeah. You know, like it was crazy. So, so we did love them a lot. I had a brief period where I liked them. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of, I kind of went off the boil. But I heard a song by them, which I think is great, called Ahead by a Century. Mm-hmm. I heard it on a, on a ra- other radio, on CBC Radio one day, and I was just like, well, this song is rather good. And so I went out and bought the CD that it was on. Uh, and I went, I like two songs in the CD. This is really good. And our American friends might yeah. know that song as the uh, theme song for Anne with an E. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense it's being used in that situation, but okay. Yes, it's fine. Is. Really? It's, think so? It's perfect, A song about, about wasps? Okay. Yeah, I think it's uh, kind of perfect, but yeah. Weird. Um, but I, I do really like that song. Uh, but this is not that song. This song is called Fireworks, and it mentions hockey. Okay. In, in a way that's shocking to Canadian ears. If there's a goal that everyone remembers, it was back in 072. We all squeezed the stick and we all pulled the trigger.
Ugh. What's wrong? Just the mention of the flexed arm hang. <laughs> that is uh, Canada's greatest tragedy. Yes, he mentions the National Fitness Program, which was called Participation, everyone. Yep. And it was, I enjoyed it, but then I was an active an active uh, kid, so right. I thought it was fun. But uh, uh, friend of A friend on the show, uh, David Fine, mm. uh, directed a Participation commercial. That's right, he did. That's yeah, right. Yeah, the right. From, uh, from Fat to Fit. Uh, mm. uh, little claymation. Yeah, thing. I think it was a good program for the nation at that. I mean, yeah, had a good name. Had a good name, and it was a lot of fun. Participation, uh, get in the action. Yeah, they put in. Uh, I remember near uh, swimming pool near or the ice rink near where I live. They put in a little, um, a kind of a what do you call it? A course like a yeah, obstacle course kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and where you go along and do chin ups and arm hangs and things like that. And yeah, that's good. I've got a Lots number of, of participation badges. Me too. If you haven't uh, ever heard the Tragically Hip, uh, because you are from another land, uh, they're worth a listen. Uh, definitely give it a listen. Uh, again, you're going to get a little used to it. There we go. Yeah. Here's a, here's a nice like starter thing. If you're like, I want to listen to Canadian music, listen to a little Tragically Hip, and then also listen to some Tom, Stop at Tom Connors. There what? you go. Listen to both of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll hear we'll hear from the Tragically Hip again in, in another uh, themed. Later so, this episode? Later, not later this episode, but another time. All right. Well, another we hear time. from Stompa Tom Carnal, Connors. I don't really know what any of their songs, songs about I've, ketchup. I've never really been a big fan of. Tom Are you Stompa familiar Tom. with the song I'm talking about? Uh, no. There's a song called the Ketchup Song, and you should. Here's a here's a little thing I learned as a as a kid. Yep. You should never stomp around ketchup packages. Good good call. They'll spray. It'll get on your friend's pants, and he will not be happy. <laughs> okay. Very good. Just gonna tell. Just gonna say that. It's a little word to the wise, everyone. By the way, if you're also if you're a fan of Katie Lang, Stomp a Tom Connors has a song about Katie Lang. Oh, nice. nice. It basically goes Katie Lang, Katie Lang. Yeah, it's good. All right, what are we at? Oh, we are coming up on number four. I think. Are we four? I think we're number four. Hmm. Meaning okay. we only have seventeen to go. So <laughs> our next number. Well, I did cheat a little bit. I got to admit it. All right. So. uh I have a couple. I have a couple of Bell and Sebastian songs, but I'm gonna count, count them as one song. <laughs> okay. Because the one song is only is less than a minute long. All right. And the other song is a little longer, but but they're both sports related. All right. The first one is very on the nose. Okay. And the second is a little more oblique, but I I think they're both very good songs. Let's take a listen. Let's take a listen to a, What's the a first little one called a little song called "I Don't Want to Play Football." Sounds good. And here we go. I don't want to play football. I don't understand the rules of the game I don't want to play football I don't understand the thrill of running, catching, throwing Taking orders from a moron Grabbing for the sweaty crotches Getting hit by people I don't know Sugar, I'd rather play a different sort of game Sugar, the girls are just as good as boys are playing Hey, can you cult every day to suit your affairs? Kissing girls in English at the back of the stairs You're a honey with a 
following of innocent boys They never know it Because you never show it You always get your way They never know it Because you never show it You always get your way You and her been taking pictures of your obsessions Cause I met a boy who went through one of your sessions In his blue velour and silk you liberated A boy I never rated Now he's throwing discus from Liverpool and Whitman You liberated Boy I never rated Now it's doing Business Stars of track and field You are Stars of track and field You are Stars of track and field Are beautiful people Could I write a piece about you Now that you've made it About the hours spent The wilderness in your training You only did it so that you could wear Terry underwear Feel the city air and past your body Your Terry underwear Feel the city air run past your body Could I write a requiem for you when you're dead? She had the move, she had the speed It went to her head She never needed anyone to get around the track But when she's on her back she had the Stars of track and field are beautiful.
ends with a uh, as much as much uh, you know cacophony and noise as their meager budget could would allow them. <laughs> yeah, the first song sounds like a kid who doesn't want to be in gym class and is like, "Well, why don't you want to be?" And it's like he sings his note <laughs> yes. of like why he doesn't want to play football. <laughs> yes, that's from uh, the Todd Solon's film uh, Storytelling. They did the soundtrack for that movie. Oh, okay. I don't think he used very many of the songs they did for it, but that's from the soundtrack uh, anyway. Very nice. And the second song is from their second album, If You're Feeling Sinister. And if you want to hear another song from them, wait till the end of the show. <laughs> there you go. There you are. Uh, where, are be- where are Bell and Sebastian from? They're from Glasgow. Very good. So when they say football. Uh, but in that case, because it's written for an American film, ah, it's talking about... Because remember, he talks about running, hitting... Not football. Yeah, not f- not football, but... Football. Football. Very American, good. American football. Number five. Number five. Still alive. Is alive, according to a movie from the 80s. Um... This is a musician I, I like quite a bit. And I think it's sort of underrated in our in our nowadays. Maybe Beethoven? Even, maybe even forgotten. I don't think Beethoven's underrated. All right. I think he's rated just about where he belongs. Okay. Uh, but um, Then my criticism falls on deaf ears. Yeah. Mozart, overrated. Oh, really? Hmm. You're a Salieri fan. Not really, but All I, just, right. I find Mozart is a little too sweet for my teeth. Uh, but this You like your flutes writer, normal, not magic. That's right. No magic flutes. And no... Bats. Did anybody wonder what a bat is that? Are you thinking Die Flighter Mouse? Oh, maybe that's a... Isn't that him, Die Flighter Mouse? Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know, everyone. I don't know anything. You know, uh, if you translate it, it translates to The Flighter Mouse. The Flying Mouse. Oh, does it? That's what it actually translates to. Yeah, sorry. Very good. Thanks. <laughs> sorry. Explain me. Explain me. <laughs> He's coming along to kill the joke. Explain me. Explain me. People may want to know. You know, technically, let me tell you about explain He's here. He'll make it clear. Explain me. <laughs> it's a good song. I don't like it, but it's a good song. <laughs> Uh, you know what it's a parody of is uh, explain <laughs> right, <go ahead>. number five. <laughs> uh, this singer songwriter, I think, is uh, Loudon Wainwright the Third. Okay, probably most famous for singing about a dead skunk in the middle of the road. But his <laughs> who isn't his uh, that was kind of his novelty hit of, of of the day. Okay, but I think he was his music is much deeper than that. He's very interesting. He's a very introspective, very honest, super honest writer. Uh, you know. Writing about just whatever. I mean, there's a great song about him smashing his guitar. He's married to Kate McGarrigal, uh, of, of Kate and Anna McGarrigal. And, and her saying in the song, he says, Kate said, you fool, you've done a foolish thing. And I just love that line so mm. much. It's so, it's so evocative in, this, in that moment of the song. And, uh, he wrote a song about his son called Rufus is a Tit Man. <laughs> uh, his, about his envy of his son's, his son getting all his attention from his mum. Yeah, he was a very interesting writer. His his daughter Martha Wainwright is a singer songwriter. His son Rufus Wainwright is a singer songwriter, and uh, Martha wrote a song called "Bloody Motherfucking Asshole" about her dad. Okay, actually, goddamn bloody motherfucking asshole about her dad. And Rufus writes a song. It's much called "Dinner at Eight, I believe it's called, which is also a very bitter song about his father. So he obviously has a very interesting relationship with his kids. Maybe fractious, maybe not as close as it could be. He, you know, he left his wife and, and carried on and did a lot of carrying on. He's also done like acting and stuff like that. He was in MASH, quite a few MASH episodes as a, oh, okay. as a, as a musician, uh, who was injured in the war, in, in combat. And, uh, he 
last time I saw him, it was in True Detective, the season with Woody Harrelson and and uh, other guy. Okay. Matthew McConaughey uh, as a as a kind of a sheriff in a different station. They go to get information from. Right. Yeah, he's a good, good actor and uh, and a great musician. And but in the mid seventies or maybe the late seventies, I think he was kind of maybe losing his way a little bit. He did two albums which I like a lot. One called T Shirt and the other one called Final Exam. And I think they're really great albums. He did them with a band, though. He just didn't do them by himself with a guitar, which his first few albums are. Uh, and I, but I think they're very good albums. And uh, But Final Exam has this really fun song on it. I think it's a fun song. Uh, called Golfing Blues. And uh, we're going to play that now. Let's hear it. Four. Golf course, watching the golfers go, watching them hit them golf balls. They're riding in their golf carts. Mr. Jones shot a eagle. Mr. Smith shot at Paul. Mr. Green shot at Bogey. He's down drinking in the clubhouse bar. Be no caddy, never be toting another man's bag. No caddy, no, I'll never be no caddy. Oh, no, waving another man's flag. Watch out for that sand trap. Wear your golfing shoes Watch out for that frog pond Watch out for them golfing Well, sorry, I creeped you out sorry. because yeah, you, yeah. you went like, oh, here's the album cover. And I had been like drawing the album cover I didn't cover realize you time. could see it. Yeah, it did creep me out. And I was just going to say, the uh, obviously the inspiration for uh, Harold Ramis' most Marx Brother-like movie. Which was? Caddyshack. Mm, a golfing movie. I'd need some citations on that. <laughs> I'm going to throw my phone at you. All right. That's the citation good. you're going to get. Sounds good. A, 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 no, I like that. That was fun. Yes, I like the uh, I like the background feet, folks. Ah, yes, the roaches. Uh, Maggie, Sari, uh, sorry, Maggie, Terry, and Suzzy Roach. 
a great singing group. Oh, I love them so much. They almost came to town one time when I was in grade 12. Yeah. And I was so excited about being able to go see them. And then they, they canceled for some reason. Well, that, that was the problem with them as a band. And you might not know this, but mm. I'm a bit of a music historian. Sure. It's okay. like every time they, they performed, whenever they would put the spotlight on them, they just scatter. The roaches. Yep. R-O-C-H-E-S. Oh, Just okay. so people will, if they want to look them up, because they're very good. We are Maggie and Terry and Suzzy. Maggie and Terry and Suzzy Roach. That's a good song. There you are. <laughs> I like them. I just saw them like on PBS one, one time. I was just flipping through channels and I come, came upon these ladies singing the Hallelujah Chorus, three of them. Oh, all right. And they sounded like a choir, like a whole choir. Oh, Their voices blend so wonderfully, as families tend to do if they sing together a lot. Their yeah. voices really blend. Uh, yeah, they're so good, and their songs are very good. And their first album is super, super. Well, fun. that was five songs, so I guess uh, we're just going to pack things up. I'm just gonna, I guess we're all done. I'm just going to uh, pack up my things and uh, get ready to go then, Dave. Uh, yeah, you do that. While you're doing that, I'm going to play one more song. What? And this song... Liar! I think <laughs> will finally, finally fit Thomas's desires for a satirical sports song. Okay. That uh, And here... So I thought I would end with this one. A little song by the Bonzos, called Sport, bracket, the odd boy, bracket. Let's go back to your childhood, 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 childhood,
And of course, you end a song like that with a uh, rocking uh, bell. Sure. Bell's instrumental at the end. I know. I was saying like that other song sounded like a note from uh, for uh, your gym teacher. And then we actually had a note from the gym teacher. Yeah, there you for go. For the gym teacher. Yeah. Right there. Good. Uh, yes, the Bonzos. What uh, album is that on? That is on uh, Kencham, their album. Very good. Kencham. So there, That's Thomas, you got what you asked for. It took a while, but we got did there. Take, did take us a while, yes. You requested that a while ago. But you had other people in front of you, so... But you also had five songs beforehand that were like of a theme. But this oh, I was see. Just oh, like sorry, yes. Bang yeah. on. Yes. Bang on. Yeah, eventually we'll get to it. Eventually, and we did. I will try. I'll Thank try you again, best. David, for your hard work as, as to that. Thanks. And for You're your welcome, insights. Ian. I'm sure everyone was cranking it up and dancing. <laughs> Especially that. Oh, I just want to say that oh. the, the, the Odd Boy takes out a, a slim volume of Mellarmé. What I've is always, that? I, uh, it's a French poet. I always wondered, oh, I always wondered what that said there. He lies down by the football field to read a slim volume of a French poet. And then it's a surprise to be made fun of. Ah. Why he's, I guess that's why he's in Mallard May. Mallard May. M-A-L-L-A-R-M-E. And what is the connection between that and the uh, cookie, the Malamar? What is it? Well, his family invented the Mallard So he, that's why he could afford to be a poet. He mm-hmm. lived on a trust fund from the Mallard fortune. Excellent. Yeah. Where else are you going to learn that? Nowhere else. Uh, they where. also founded the, mm-hmm. the town of Malabar, the African city of Malabar. That's right. As well, where, where, Rich, a, where Rattan comes from. There you go. Yeah. That's right. We all learned a little something today. Yeah. Hooray! If you want to... also oh. were the uh, creators of the Mellard Bar, which, of course, is the place where ducks go to get drunk. Yeah. You know the only problem with that. What's that? Well, end of the night, they just say, put it on my bill. <laughs> <laughs> Part goes out of business. <laughs> yeah, duck you. That's right. All right, right next door to the crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Any other jokes we could think for for that? Nope. No. Okay. Well, I guess is it next door to the the cleaner? Oh, here's the, the cleanest. Thing. The place, the place where they have hey. the all the the clean uh, acts and stuff like that. The Dove Bar. Very good. Uh, duck bar. Uh, sorry. Uh, duck walks into a bar. <laughs> yeah. Bartender says to him, "Why so down?" Mm. Um. So. Fancy that, a bartender who can talk. Uh, right. Oh, because the bartender is a horse. I didn't mention that. It's <laughs> a good point. Please don't leave anyway, the joke. Anyway, and then the duck goes, why the long bit? Um, <laughs> which is good because horses do have bits as well. Uh-huh. All right. Rain it in. Sadly, we have to leave. Okay. Uh, folks, if you want uh, to hear David uh, do the five-song thing that's actually six songs, uh, send him in a theme, give us a song that's part of that theme or has that theme, and we will do it. How will you do that? Well, the same way that you can comment on any of our shows, Mm -hmm. which is go to SneakyDragon.com and uh, just comment directly underneath the show itself. You can listen directly on the page. You can go underneath it. You can uh, comment on our message board there. I'd yep. uh, love to hear from you there. We can also uh, do that if you go to our Facebook page, Sneaky Dragon. Uh, you can go to uh, the email uh, function of your phone and or computer and go sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com and send us a little message. We're also on Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon. And, you know, Tumblr, look it up. Other All the other things. Like that, we can get in touch with you. With the, mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, or just see us on the street and just yell at us. That's also fine, too. Uh, we love hearing from you. And by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, I've been here for a little too long. It's a little too hot. Uh, my lips aren't working anymore. Uh, if you'd like to review the show, uh, mm-hmm. that helps people find us. Go to iTunes and just drop us a little review. And uh, people go, oh, what's that? And then they come and they listen to the show. And again, if you want to listen to more of uh, us yapping, uh, Full Marks is a good way of doing that. Uh, it is wherever you listen to this. 
Well, that well, is Tinkerbell has just come in and said, us. get out of the room. I need it uh, for fairy business. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I've been Ian. I've been Tinkerbell. And uh, we have been uh, Sneaky Fairies. Bye. Bye.